There's probably some stuff I'm going to do on the fly because there's one thing I want to add that I don't want to tell you guys about. So we'll Ooh. see if we can get there at the end. Uh, All right. Nothing you know, I came fucking prepared, and you're going to have me <laughs> trying like... Look, I actually made a fucking list. Look, <laughs> I was going to mention stuff that down, in the and then intro you're gonna, about you're how just much gonna you just going to fly you, off the cuff and uh, damn you, how much damn you, you to hell. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and Super Friends, where we will finally get to look back at our top picks from 2016 and realize how wrong we actually were. I'm your host, Brian Labick, and joining me for this trip back into the past is Josh Zorge. I'm almost done with dinner. <laughs> uh, Mike Bradley. I don't have a list from last year. That is correct. You do not. <laughs> Neither does Andy Stoll's. I'm listless. <laughs> <laughs> That was so bad, it's good. Uh, right? <laughs> uh, speaking of lists, I know Andy, this has got to be one of Andy's favorites, because he loves lists. I love making lists. <laughs> Ooh, yay! No, you always complain about it. Or not complain, but you always like winging it. And I've asked yeah, everyone like, to compile lists. I do like them, yeah. But you're always like, structure lists. That's right. Just write stuff. <laughs> That's you're you're spot on with the impressions tonight. I'm telling you what. <laughs> uh, so we've been teasing this for a couple weeks now, so we're finally getting around to it. We're gonna look back at our favorite movies of 2016 after we've looked ahead at 2017 already. Uh, so we're gonna cover our top ten, and for half of us, we we're actually part of like Josh and I did uh, our most anticipated for 2016. So we might actually, I have those lists handy, so we can look and see what Josh and I predicted for 2016, and see how right or wrong we were compared to what we're rating here. Um, so if you listen to shows like this in the past, uh, you'll probably recognize this sort of format. Uh, each of us has made a top 10 list of our favorite movies of 2016. We'll be starting with each of our 10s, and then doing each of our 9s, and so on. So before we started recording, we determined what order we're going to go in. So we're kicking it off with Andy. Then we're going to go over to Mike and then Josh, and then we'll finish with me. Uh, and then also to note, none of us have compared lists beforehand. So there's going to be surprises for everybody. So we don't know what we're picking. We don't know where we compare. I'm sure there will be repeats. That It, it always happens. Uh, but I guess we'll see how closely our lists uh, resemble each other. And I think last year when we did this, we only did top five. So we're doing we're doing a little bit more this year, round it out a little bit more, uh, and then we did last year when we did it we did three disappointments and one surprise which we're going to keep that format as well, and I call them disappointments just because I don't want to say they're bad movies. Everybody sort of has their own opinion on what is a bad movie or what they don't like. Uh, so you know just because I think something's bad, somebody else might not think something's bad, and and that kind of thing. So we're calling them disappointments, hopefully to sort of classify it like movies that didn't live up to our expectations or didn't fulfill their potential from our perspective, I guess. Um, and one thing, I guess, before we get into our list, I did go ahead and look to see what the top 10 movies for domestic box office gross is for 2016, which is still updating because there's still 
movies that are in the theaters that were released in 2016. So they're still adding to those numbers because I think just recently uh, the number one had changed from what it was last week. Uh, so currently, according to Box Office Mojo, the domestic box office, we have number 10 is Sing with $238 million. Number 9 is Suicide Squad, $325 million. Number 8, Batman v Superman. It did crack the top 10. $330 million. Uh, number 7 is Zootopia, $341 million. Deadpool made it to number 6 at 363. Uh, John Favreau's The Jungle Book made it to number 5, 364. Just over Deadpool. I didn't realize it was that close. Uh, number 4 is The Secret Life of Pets, 368. Uh, Captain America Civil War made number 3, 408. Finding Dory's number 2, 486 million. And the newly crowned top grossing movie of 2016 for domestic is Star Wars Rogue One. Just crossed 500 million domestic. I believe it's making its way to a billion. If it hasn't got there already, it's pretty damn close. Uh, so yeah, I think I I don't I think Finding Dory was number one for a while. I don't think I think Rogue One was like two or three, and it just keeps making money, so they keep <laughs> pushing it up the top of the charts. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, did anybody pay attention to how many movies in the top ten were made by Disney? I don't I know on a lot of the animated like, what, ones. Six. Zootopia, Dory, Star Wars, Jungle Book, Jungle Book, Civil War. It's at least what five. That's it. Yeah, no, that's it. Andy got them all. That's five. They had six. Doctor Strange was in the top ten at one point. Hmm. So, for a while there, they had the majority of the top ten movies. Wow, which is just fucking crazy. One one studio putting out all that stuff. Well, they keep buying all the damn properties, so... Yeah, I mean, when you own that much different, like, you know, between Pixar, Disney Animation, Marvel, Star Wars, like, animation movies always make a shit ton of money. Secret Life of Pets, I've never actually heard a good thing about that movie, and yet it's sitting at number four domestically. It wasn't very good. Yeah, that's actually on my list. <laughs> Not the other the other list. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so that's where, as far as America thinks movies should be. We'll see how we compare. Um, and maybe before we get into our list one more time, is there any movies that you guys didn't get a chance to check out that you thought may or may not be on your list? Uh, that, that we didn't get to see? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to name some? Like, we know they won't uh, show up on your list, but something you wanted to see that you didn't get around to. Uh, yeah, I wanted to see... Um... Oh, wow. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, I wanted to see that. I've heard good things about that one. I didn't see Jason. that one either. I wanted to see Jason Bourne. I wanted to see um, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I wanted to see... Damn, I have a pretty big list, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I got to see Bourne and Miss Peregrine. They were they were watchable. They were, they were okay. I mean, they weren't uh, world changers but they were enjoyable i think the only one i missed that i wanted to see was girl on the train um 
I can't think of any others off the top of my head. I actually never got around to seeing Moana. Oh, uh, Moana uh, was I, I did. actually really enjoyable. Yeah, I heard good things about that one. It was not on my list at all. As like, I mean, a lot of animated movies don't make it there. It's kind of hard to get me that interested because I figure they're all going to be, you know, they're all going to be enjoyable, but none of them are going to be, you know, world changing. But um, yeah, Moana was was pretty good. The the music in it is phenomenal. Yeah, The Rock yeah, sings, doesn't he? He does, and he does well enough. Uh, it's, <laughs> Well, you know, he, The Rock is only going to do so good singing. I mean, he he got through it. Um, the 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 song writing and the composition was amazing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I will say that one that I had on my to see list throughout the year that I actually never like I I got it. I was watching it and I could not make it through it. And that's really hard. That's rare for me. I can sit through just about anything, but a movie called Nights with a K, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, Knights of Cups. It was like a film noir type of thing with Christian Bale and uh, like some other bigger names that kind of show up for pieces of it here and there. It was it was just too much. Like it was, I'm sure as an actor and, and a cast, it was fun to do and it was, a, it was an interesting film experience. But it was the only one on my list that I actually turned off halfway through. I could not make it through it. <laughs> And Josh is a guy, I will say, I did bring up the ginger dead man at one time, and Josh was excited oh, yeah. to hear that I had seen <laughs> that, and he made it all the way through ginger dead man. He did not I've make it through Knights of Cups. Tri- I've made it through the trilogy, sir. Through the trilogy. <laughs> there, there you go. Set in the bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, before we get into our list, one other thing I want to mention is just for the sake of the listeners and anyone that has not seen some of the movies that we'll be talking about. This will be a spoiler-free zone. We'll be discussing the movies on our lists and just giving our impressions about them. We'll not be going into detail. They, these lists will basically serve as our recommendations for movies that you could probably, possibly like if you want to, you know, put yourself in our shoes and like our opinions and trust us that what we're saying is good will be good. You can check out what we're talking about. So again, because of that, we won't be talking spoilers. We'll just give our impressions, what we liked generally, and uh, go from there. So, you can assume if they made our list, they already have our stamp of approval. So, I think we can start kicking this off then. So, we're going to start with Andy's number 10. My number 10 movie is Suicide Squad. Uh, Yep, I wasn't sure if that was going to make anybody's list, but I'm I'm not surprised it's low. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it, it very... It was... Hedging on the edge of the disappointment list, actually. <laughs> so it was, it was like, ah, do I put it there? And then I was like, nope, I hated this movie more. Okay, no. <laughs> yeah, it's I, a good way to decide. I, 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 the reason I wanted to put on disappointments is I feel like they, they could have done a much better job with what they did. And quite frankly, the enchantress actress fucking pisses me off. <laughs> I, I honestly felt like Suicide Squad was a movie where half of what I was watching I was enjoying the hell out of. And the other half of the movie I just wanted to pound my head against the wall. Yeah, it was so, like a seesaw that was like almost perfectly balanced a little bit. And you're just like, not sure where to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it You know, you go from awesome scene to what the fuck is going on right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, okay. So that, you know. 
Uh, anything else to add, Josh? You want to get on to this? Uh, it didn't really. It didn't make my list. It didn't make my disappointment. Like it. It. It didn't make any of the thing lists that we're gonna discuss. It just was a thing that I saw at some point. It's just just mediocre. Yeah. Also, yeah. what what the reason it almost made it to my disappointment is I feel like there was a lot of lead up to that movie. Oh yeah. Like yeah. this is going to blow your fucking mind type well, stuff. Well, the marketing itself really... was pretty like all the trailers were fucking awesome. Oh yeah, they did a great job of the marketing and then you watch the movie and it was like well, <laughs> and it, I mean we were getting a first look at a truly done Harley Quinn in a movie. And that much was exciting to see for fans of Batman. You know, it's the first time we're going to get a good look at an, an actress portraying Harley Quinn. And she did a very good job, as yeah. did Will Smith. Yeah, those were the two highlights by far. And then, and then everything else just kind of fell off a cliff. Um, but yeah. they carried the movie. Without those two, that movie... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I think that's why the lead up and the hype for it, though, is Harley Quinn getting a basically a solo movie. We're getting a different Joker, and that creates a lot of hype. But it didn't live up. Yeah, especially coming off Batman v Superman, which didn't live up to the hype either. Yeah. And I think left a pretty bad taste in people's mouths that Suicide Squad was the next one up. So this one's going to be the Redeemer for DC. And we're still waiting for that Redeemer for DC. So we'll see if we get into Wonder Woman. I think we've talked about that before, but... Help me, Wonder Woman. You're my only hope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, anything else to add for Suicide Squad? Nope. All right, Mm -hmm. we're on to Mike's number 10. My number 10 is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Oh, okay. Um, Absolutely enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Um, Saw it in the theater a couple of times because I grew up with the Ninja Turtles... And finally getting to see them take it to that next stage with the graphical digital ability that we have today to do Bebop and Rocksteady and to give us some form of Krang, it was incredible to me. Like, it, the, the child inside of me just was thrilled, uh, you know, seeing the portrayals they did for those characters. That being said... You know, it had its faults, but it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. We're not looking for great cinema. We're looking for great entertainment. And yeah, I, th- I think... Oh, go ahead, finish. I was going to say, I think it provided that. Yeah, I think I sort of talked about it, I think at one point. I don't know. If, I can't remember if it was actually a review or if it just came up at some point when we were talking about it. But I know after I saw it, like, I, I, I will admit that the story is kind of weak. Uh, it, there are plot holes. There are stuff that if you really want to dig into it, you can... But as far as just, like, movie-going entertainment and fun, like, that, it was a live-action 80s cartoon. Yes. That was the tone I got from it. That was what it reminded me of. And I couldn't help but smile at a lot of the stuff that they were doing. Yeah. I mean, the Cosmodrome forms in the sky. It's, I mean, (laughs) it's, you know, in a way that was every... Technodrome? Yeah, Technodrome. Cosmodrome. I think think you're going Destiny on it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm playing too much Destiny. But... Good catch, Andy. Yeah, I'm like Cosmodrome. I'm like what? <laughs> I, I didn't see the I'm movie. Like, I'm on so my I... Sparrow right now. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see this one, so I thought, oh, maybe there's some incarnation of the Technodrome that I'm not aware of. <laughs> yeah, uh, did... Mike, did you watch the first the first Turtles that they did, the live action one, like the the one oh. right before that one? 
Yeah, I, I have uh, watched that a few times. I, I felt like Do this you like one. That one, or are you? I I mean, I still liked it, but this one to me was miles better, yeah, much more enjoyable. Um, you know, like like I said, the first one. You know, you still got some chuckles out of it. You know, Will Arnett was still funny, but he was even better in this one. So there was less of him in this one, right? I think I feel like there was less of him. There was less, but he played a more significant kind of role. Yeah, they actually gave him a little something to do. Yeah, as opposed to just being the funny line guy, he was more important to the story. Yeah. Uh, I know Josh is a Turtles fan, but you haven't seen any of those movies, right? Uh, the most recent two? No, I have not. Okay. Do you ever getting ever plan to get around to them, or are you avoiding them like the plague? Um, the the first one from a couple years ago, I was avoiding. I didn't really care. Um, the fondness uh, that you guys have for this sequel might change me around enough to watch them at some point, but I have way more on my to watch list so it would not really jump it up at all. You can you could skip the first one and just watch the second one and yeah, you're not missing anything in the first one. All right, maybe someday. You know, yeah, it's, you know. The only thing I will say, I was a little bit disappointed with as much as I love Stephen Amell. I would I I don't know if it was just the writing or they didn't give him enough to do, but that Casey Jones kind of fell flat to me a little bit. I agree. I'd, yeah, I must rather go back to Elias Codius. Yeah, did he have like a cameo or anything like just a small little like? Did they do that with uh, Judith Ho- Ho- Hoeg, however you say her last name? Like the original April? Like did have the, have either of these movies included anybody any nod to anybody from the original series? Honestly, I didn't realize that Judith was in the the first rebooted one. Oh, was she? Until I was like. I think it was like when we sh- when she came to um, Steel City. Yeah, I couldn't remember her name, so I googled her the one time, and then they started showing pictures of her on set with Megan Fox, and I was like, "Oh, oh. shit! She's she was in the movie. Like she must have been there." But I think like she looks so different than what she did. She doesn't have the big frizzy hair that she had in the '90s version, <laughs> which yeah. is what I'm instinctively looking for. Yeah. So I I looked right past her. I was gonna say no, honestly, because I didn't even realize it. I'm wondering, like, I don't know whether she's actually in the final cut, but she was at least on set looking like she might be in the movie. I'd have to go back and watch it again, which I haven't done, to see if she's actually there. But it's the opening of that movie when Megan Fox is, like, doing the uh, report with the yoga in the street, like, on the trampoline. Mm-hmm. She's, like, I don't know if she's, like, April O'Neil's supervisor, but Judith, I think, is, is somewhere there in, like, a business attire, like she's working. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I would have to watch again to see if that's there. Or just Google so, it. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, you can Google it. I'm sure those pictures will come up. Um, Andy, did you see this movie? You got anything to add for this one? Uh, I am intrigued. I I was kind of trying to stay away. I also kind of grew up with the Turtles. But I, I, I don't know, something about the animation style of the Turtles themselves kind of threw me off of the first one. So I didn't see the second one, just assuming that, you know, kind of watch them in order kind of a thing. So, but... Since you and Mike are both kind of pretty high on it, I'm kind of with Josh. I'll probably end up seeing him. Yeah, I would recommend just going straight to the fir- the second one. Yeah. First it, one gives you some weird-ass oh, origin story that they never touch on again, and they pretty much I'm rewrite like, by the second one anyway. 
I mean, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm going to go through the first. Yeah, one. I was gonna say, <laughs> if you want to hear Johnny Knoxville as Leonardo, go ahead. I'm yeah. I'm so glad they changed that voice because yeah. he was so off to me in the first one. Yeah, it just the guy from Jackass is the leader. <laughs> like it just didn't. Well, it's they motion captured all four turtles, and the actors that play the other three got to do the voices. Except Leonardo, for some reason, they wouldn't let the guy use his voice for the turtle. They got Johnny Knoxville to sub over his lines. Like what? That that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Maybe he was just really terrible. But they used him for the second one. And he did great. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, better than Johnny Knoxville did. So. Early trailers for the first movie, the guy is voicing Leonardo in the trailers. It just when it came time to release the movie, they dubbed him over with Johnny Knoxville. I, I don't know. It's one of the... I really wish they'd do some sort of behind-the-scenes documentary on the first Turtles, because all the shit that that movie went through and, like, different rewrites to scripts and casting and all that stuff, that that's that's a full-length documentary there that would be really interesting to see why that movie turned out shit. Like, there's reasons <laughs> for that. But, all right. Uh, so let's move on to Josh's number 10. Okay. Um, this, I wish, had been much higher, I think, I don't recall off the top of my head uh, where this was on my anticipation list for the year before, but uh, it did still make the top ten. Uh, I'm going to start with Ten Cloverfield Lane. Okay. Uh, I didn't see that one. I can't contribute to that. that... I, I, I will uh, expand more on its uh, placement uh, when we get to our other section later, okay. but um, I will... Leave it there. I, I enjoyed it as a movie very much. I thought it was a really good suspense thriller. The acting was top-notch. Uh, it's only three actors in the whole movie. Uh, they all carried it equally and, and very powerfully. It, it was really great. Um, but there will be more to say later. Um, did it carry on any of the story from the original Cloverfield? That will be discussed later. <laughs> uh, okay, I uh, this is also on my top ten list. Uh, spoiler for the come around, it is my number nine. So can just okay. agree with Josh. Right, <laughs> yeah, it, it. I had such a bad taste in my mouth from the original Cloverfield that I stayed way the fuck away from this. <laughs> Honestly, it? It, it, uh, up until I don't want to spoil anything about it, but it, you, the whole movie itself you could not even know that it was connected to it at all if they chopped off the last, I don't know, however long of the movie. Yeah. You know, and it would still be an enjoyable, watchable thriller. Okay. Exactly. And I, I mean, Andy, we're, we're, it sounds like we're coming from polar opposites. I, like, if there could be a fandom for the first Cloverfield, I would be in it. I enjoyed that movie okay. immensely. So this was, I don't know. I was looking I forward to this a the... lot. I saw it in the theater, and the whole, like, being filmed on someone's hand camera thing mm -hmm. just didn't really do it for me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I, I I, I, it's one of those yeah. things I can understand that, like, why people might not like it. Um, but because that's where you're coming from, you actually probably have a really high potential to really dig this. Cause yeah. It, okay. It, you know, we'll go into more detail later, but it basically has absolutely nothing to do with Cloverfield. Yeah. But it's in that universe. All right. Well, let's. All right. All right. We can't. Let. We'll stop beating around. So, basically, here's what happened with this movie: they had a script. Somebody had the idea, 
if we insert the last seven minutes of the movie and we do this, we can say it's connected to Cloverfield. Okay. And that is what, and that is what they did. Other than that, somebody, somebody had a script for a really good thriller psychological movie and, uh, they, they, chose to go about this path because I, I i've been seeing these uh media stories these uh, uh um, movie link stories the last couple of weeks about how the production company bad robots uh approach to uh, cloverfield will now be what they're going to call an anthology approach so they're going to make maybe three or four or five movies that all have these itty bitty pieces in the most small way tied to this quote shared universe thing, but they're in no way connected to each other. They're not really sequels to any bigger storyline. They just have these itty bitty commonalities to the alien idea of Cloverfield, but basically they're they're otherwise just standalone movies. So they're all puzzle piece movies. Like, yes and no, like they don't even really fit into a greater whole. But like I like when when I say that literally Cloverfield Lane was a movie that existed by itself. It was a script that existed by itself, called something else, having nothing to do with Cloverfield. That in that somewhere along the way, somebody had the idea: if we write the last seven minutes of the movie this way, we can give it this title and say that it's a, connected to Cloverfield. Okay. That and, that is it. That is it. So, given that, I'd love to see what the last seven minutes of that movie would look like if not connected to Cloverfield. Sure. You know, sure. It, because it, it was just so well done. And it, it, those last seven minutes didn't make or break it for me. I'm kind of... I'm not, I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. I, you know, Cloverfield didn't really put me off that much, but I'm not full-blown into it, you know? And... I feel like it could have been a better movie with a different ending. Yeah, poss- possibly. Like Andy, if it, if it didn't have the title that it did, because because you know, tell me from from everything about the previews that you saw, anything you might have had exposure to, did anything other oh, than the title screen? I, I was field? I when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be awesome. Then it's like. Title of the movie, 10 Cloverfield. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. <laughs> there, there you go. So, so I mean, any see, other title I, I love, might have I love John Goodman, and, and um, who was the lead actress? She's really good, too. Mary Elizabeth Winston. Winston. Yeah, she's yeah, she's really good, too. So I I was all on board, and then it's like, get ready to see March whatever, yeah, uh, yeah. whatever time. Uh, 10 Cloverfield. I'm like, nope. <laughs> not going to see it. <laughs> yeah, so that was case it. in it was, point, it was honestly, with, instant, with any other so. title you would have been there and you probably would have enjoyed it. Okay. All right. I think we're good on that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll move to my number 10. Uh, my number 10 is the Magnificent Seven remake. Oh, okay. Okay. With uh, Denzel not, and not, Chris Pratt. I did not get a chance to see it. Neither have I. Yeah. That was, I, I would like to blame it on like, oh, I was watching Westworld and I got this Western thing. And then I was like, oh, I'll see Magnificent Seven. No, I saw Magnificent Seven before I started watching Westworld. So it's not even like I can blame. Then again, maybe Magnificent Seven got me into Westworld. Yeah. The whole Western vibe. But sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, don't know, I guess your, your typical remake, like they, they do what they, they, you know, the originals did. It was 
sleeker a little bit. Uh, I felt mm-hmm. like the action was good. All the actors did great. Yep. Um, just from the cast of characters, like Vincent D'Onofrio's in there, and uh, now I can't think of anyone besides Denzel and Chris Pratt. Ethan Hawke. I know there was, yeah, Ethan Hawke was in there. Matt Bomer's in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was, I, it was enjoyable. I liked it. Yeah, it was, so, it was, it was watchable. I don't know if that. Yeah, you, Josh, you saw it too, right? I did. Yeah, it was it was a good popcorn flick. Yeah, nothing. I guess really memorable about it. I guess, but I, you know, I still enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it enough to put it at number ten. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Andy That's or good. Mike, you guys get around to that one or no? No, no. Uh, but I uh, it, go ahead. It's on my list to watch, but I haven't watched it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I would pose one question: greater or less than Tombstone? I have to admit now that I've never seen Tombstone. Oh man, Tombstone! Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I well, let me throw my two cents in because I only actually watched Tombstone for the first time, like all the way through, paying attention and everything, like last summer, and I was underwhelmed by it. Okay. Um, so coming from there, I would say it's at least on par um, as. I would say I enjoyed Magnificent Seven more as a movie. If you're going by like modern Western in that genre of like the traditional, like, you know, in the tradition of Western and whatnot, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would say they enjoy Tombstone more. But just for a, a pure uh, cinema enjoyability, just a fun movie to watch, Magnificent Seven does it for me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Tombstone's not exactly a, a fun flick. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no. got a much different tone, but it's what I judge new westerns by. Okay, that's your benchmark. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, there's not any new westerns. I feel like really, really do it for me. But Tombstone, I, I mean, I can watch Val Kilmer playing Doc Holliday all day. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'll be your Huckleberry. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Nothing else for Magnificent Seven. Nope. All right, we are on to Andy's number nine. My number nine is Finding Dory. Aww. I, <laughs> I watched sap. this recently. I enjoyed <laughs> so it. So did I. We just we just watched it last week for the first time. It's 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 pretty good. I I was actually pretty surprised that the sequel was almost as good as Finding Nemo. So. Yeah, yeah, I actually was too. I I, I felt like. We're going to get another Cars 2 or Monsters University out of it in some way. Yeah, because yeah. I, I saw Cars 2 and Monsters University and both were nowhere near as good as the first one. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, and that, that's the reason I was surprised and I really did enjoy it. Um, once again, Ella DeGeneres did a great job. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah fantastic. I mean, Albert Brooks. I mean, it, it, I'm glad that he came back for it. It would It would have been way too weird having somebody else, even if they had like done a voice modification or try to get a voice actor that sounded close, it, it would have not been the same having that voice on Marlin. Yeah. yeah. Was that I a agree. thing? Did he possibly not come back? Oh, I'm not saying he... I'm just like, all these years later, like, it took them, what, 13 or 13 years in between the movies. Yeah, oh, okay, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, you haven't really heard Albert Brooks what, since Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, like, when's the last time you, like, really saw him in something new and paid it like all that. So I, I could just see an actor just passing it up. Possibly, right. I but... got you. I got you. 
but I'm glad he chose to. Yeah, I, you know, I enjoyed that movie, but I think it's a little, it wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. Like, Finding Nemo, I think, is, is a good family story, and it's funny. I felt myself laughing most of that movie. Finding mm-hmm. Dory, I think they really went the emotional side of it and yeah. really tried to make you, like, feel for Dory, which you do. It just took some of the fun out of it for me. Yeah. Well, they've been perfecting that more and more, you know, the last couple of years. You know, Inside Out is a prime example. Uh, I just watched, actually, I think last last night, just watched The Good Dinosaur uh, yeah, that was another one that I didn't think was as funny as I wanted it to be. Right, like I think they're definitely like they're fu- they're changing some of their approach. You know, they're finding ways to tell stories and and be creative with new ways to convey emotion with funny moments put in, rather than making a funny movie with a moral. Right? I mean, to me, I, I still got a good few chuckles out of Ed O'Neill voicing the octopus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the octopus yeah, gave me yeah, some good chuckles. Yeah. I agree. It wasn't as funny as Finding Nemo, but I thought it had enough uplifting humor to it to, to, to match at least. I agree. See, I'll, the, other, the only thing I'd add is like, I only saw it once just in the theater. I haven't watched it since it came out on video. I feel like I walked out of Finding Nemo with like a lot of memorable scenes that I remember. I don't mm. really remember half the stuff that happened in Finding Dory. There isn't too much I could take away from that and be like, oh, I really like that moment. Good point. I, I, I've uh, watched it too recently to say that one way or the other. <laughs> so, Yeah, true. Uh, I will out myself in one way that uh, Finding Dory was actually on my what the hell list for <laughs> 2016 because I didn't know why they were choosing to make it all these years later and yeah, like what kind of story that could they tell? Uh, but I, I will backtrack a little bit and I'll say that they actually came up with a, a storyline and, and a way to get you that. Like, I didn't know like you call something like finding Dory. Like what the frick is that going to mean? Like she's already <laughs> like, they already have her. Like, is she going to get lost? And then they're like, what, wait, what? But they, they came up with something fun. Um, but it actually, it got me thinking, you know, you guys said, like, Cars 2 and, and uh, uh, especially Monsters University. Like, Monsters University and Finding Dory were probably the two that had the longest periods of in between when they made sequels. How do we think that Incredibles 2 is going to fare once it is finally going to come out. Do you think it's going to suffer from the same possible problems of, like, Monsters University, or could it be saved by the way that, you know, Finding Dory had its redeeming qualities? I'm hoping. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because The Incredibles is a pretty incredible movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) You did it on purpose. What? Huh. (laughs) Uh, The only thing I was thinking is that and I'm trying to confirm that now. I don't know. Was it the same director for Finding Dory and Finding Nemo? I believe so, yes. Okay. Because I was going to say, I have faith in Brad Bird. True. So if he's coming back for a second one, in all the years, they like they were pushing for Incredibles 2 for years. And he kept pushing off saying, we don't have a story. There's no story to tell. We need a story. So if they are moving forward, I'm crossing my fingers. That means they found a story. And if that's... If they have a good story in mind and they can build around that, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm at the very least, even if it's crap, it's still better than Fantastic Four. So <laughs> we we have another good Fantastic Four Fantastic movie Four. to look forward to. Touche. Uh, all right, so we're on Mike's number nine, which we talked about was Ten Cloverfield Lane. 
Yes. So we're going to move on to Josh's number nine. All right. Uh, I had, or not that I had to, I am happy that I was able to fit something so infantile on here. Sausage Party. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, 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 couple, you know, a few weeks ago when we recorded Anticipation for 2017, I think I said that, the, like, Lego Batman I'm looking forward to because I need just a good, good, dumb, guttural laughing experience that's just fun and joy. And for me, that was Sausage Party of 2016. Holy <laughs> crap. Like, that, it, it was so stupid and so silly and just ridiculous and ludicrous and so over the top with the language and the writing and the situations like I love that Seth Rogen is in his like mid to late thirties and still hasn't like somewhere along the way, Adam Sandler and some other like nineties comedian actors lost that ability to tell like to make a move to make a funny movie that could still be adolescent and raunchy and vulgar. And still be really hilarious and and just like flat out genuinely funny, and I love that Seth Rogen and his crew and the people he worked with, uh, like Evan Goldberg, all of them, they're able to still do that. Like there, there's no reason this movie should have existed. It was so <laughs> stupid, but it was so freaking hilarious. That would be my main question with the movie: is how the hell high was he when he wrote the idea for this down? <laughs> oh, I mean... probably like all the high. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, the premise of it is just ridiculous, but awesome at the same time that they went this route. Like, so did anybody else see this besides Josh? Yeah, I've seen. I it. saw snippets of it once. Okay, I didn't get around to seeing that one. Oh, it's yeah. so worth it. Like, if you can, if if obviously you have to not be easily offended, you have to be okay with a lot of freaking language and gross right. stuff. But you know, you know, you, that's. You expect that coming from that crew, and, and you know, that's not a surprise. It's just, it, it's so worth it. Yeah, it's one of those ones I've been waiting to hit, like HBO or Netflix or something, which it hasn't yet, so mm -hmm. I just haven't got around to it. Yeah, I wouldn't say go out of your way and pay for it at this point. I mean, because it's going to be shortly available on one or the other. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, it, sh it shouldn't be long at this point, so. Um. Anything else to add for Sausage Party? See it. Go see it, everybody. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, so we're on to my number nine. Uh, Josh, don't hate me, but Fantastic Beast is my number nine. That is okay. I am, and I am heartened that it made the list at all. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was, you know, I was toying with where I wanted to put it if I was going to put it in the top ten or not. And yeah, I enjoyed it more than Mag Magnificent Seven. But if I have to pick one uh, magical movie over the other. Uh -huh. I'm I'm picking. Obviously, Doctor Strange got higher on my list than Fantastic Beast, but it was still good. I I yep. still enjoyed it. I did. I've only seen it the one time. It's one of those movies I feel like I need to revisit. Oh yeah. Uh, I I you know especially a lot of the blockbusters. I like to try to see twice just for the first time. I can sort of let it wash over me, and then the second time I can really try to absorb and really dig into it and see what I feel about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't get a chance to do that with this one, but after the first viewing, I still really liked it. So I'm I am anxious to try it again and see if I still feel the same way. Did anyone but, else get it to get to see it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it, it not? Did it make anyone else's I list? Think, yeah, it's it's oh, much yeah. higher on yeah. my list. It's, 
ditto oh wow okay that's great uh did, did, did anyone else hit multiple viewings or like just just knowing that brian said like he only got to see it the I, one time yeah i did not get to see multiple viewings um but it is still very much higher on my list yeah same here i saw it once i knew there was several movies coming that i was going to see more than once i mean I, I was you know i think just after that the next theater visit was the second trip for dr strange uh, <laughs> yeah, and, no, november and december were pretty packed yeah and I knew there was at least two, and there ended up being three Rogue One viewings. So it was, <laughs> you know. Only so many hours in the day. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, so could have been higher, but that's where I'm at with that one. So I'm sure, I guess, you know, out of the four of you, I am probably the lowest on the totem pole as far as Harry Potter fandom. Okay. So I think it makes sense that you guys probably have it higher than me. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. From... From your experience, uh, especially coming from that perspective in the group, what about it um, did you like enough that that it was in your top ten? I mean, I do like the lore, and it's one of those things I think that maybe I, just from like all the Star Wars lore that I absorb, Mm -hmm. I appreciate movies that flesh out backstory and, and explain a lot of that stuff. And, I mean, they still leave a lot of stuff open, which they will explain in the other movies that are coming out, but they tease me enough with... And, you know, what you guys were telling me, too, sort of what's in the pipeline, what we should be seeing, uh, all that stuff gets me excited, and I, I want to see that stuff. So, as a first movie in this new uh, set of movies, saga of movies, whatever you want to call it, uh, it did enough to tease me and get me excited for what's coming, so I think, yeah, it warranted in being in my top ten. Cool. Um... So yeah, we'll see if we want to talk about that later in more depth if you guys hit it on your list. But for now, we'll go back to Andy's number eight. My number eight is X-Men Apocalypse. That actually made someone's list. I'm a little bit surprised. That is my number eight as well. Since I am next, I'll just put that there for you. Um, (laughs) So it's both number eights here. Uh, I was kind of expecting a giant pile of turds <laughs> and I didn't get a giant pile of turds. <laughs> That's why I made my top 10. Cause I mean, he, they really made him look like Ivan news to start and like the trailers and the first glimpses of the movie and pre-production and, and stuff. I just didn't like the look of him, but as the movie wore on and stuff and I kind of got to sit down and think about it, the more I liked it. Um, Would you say it exceeded expectations? <laughs> That's a Harry Potter joke. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You failed your L's. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, for me, um, a couple of things. It it both thrilled me and disappointed me at the same time. Um, For those who don't know, the X-Men are kind of my number one thing that I read with comics since I've been a kid. They've always been my favorite. And Apocalypse is my favorite X-Men villain. So getting to finally see that in a feature film was incredible and also disappointing. Um, In that kind of what Andy was getting at is Oscar Isaac. You know, I actually really like him as an actor. I just Mm -hmm. don't know that he's Apocalypse. Um you know, for a long time they were talking about making a movie with Apocalypse and that it was going to be Michael Clark Duncan that they were going to cast. And unfortunately, we lost Ooh. Michael Clark Duncan. And that went out the window, obviously. And it, But 
altogether, I feel like every one of these last three X-Men movies I have enjoyed more thoroughly than I did the first three. Um, I feel like even though they're not perfect, they are so much better done than what we first tasted of the X-Men movies that they feel better than they actually are. Um, and yeah. the Magneto storyline in this was, to me, one of the better ones they've told for him so far. Um, and we finally get to see the Phoenix in a proper Phoenix form, which is very nice to see the Phoenix Force on the side of good. Um, and what she, the power she can wield when she's not over, when she's not consumed by it and becomes the Dark Phoenix and bad. Um, and here's hoping they follow through with the potential for the Dark Phoenix storyline being redone and done properly. Yeah. Uh, my, my concern with the movie, and I actually had just rewatched it. I hadn't seen it since theaters until a couple days ago. And um, I had the same impression, which was Apocalypse was supposed... I, I, I felt, from my understanding and my exposure to the character, was supposed to be such a formidable force and so imbued with such unlimited... Not unlimited, but such power that it would almost have been like one of like the battles to end all battles. Like you would have needed all hands on deck. It, it, he could have destroyed so much that it, I, I don't, I don't feel that the, there was as much of a real force of threat conveyed through him no. as that character warrants. And so therefore the conflict that was really before the team wasn't, like I, I could easily see, like, well, th this is something they can overcome. Yeah, I mean, I feel like throughout the whole movie, they have him show off his power to meaningless enemies. Um, mm, you okay. know, like he takes a just an average guy on the street in Egypt and cements him in a wall, and it's like, okay, yeah, he can do that, but he just did it to some random guy on the street, not anybody significant. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you get a good look at just what it took to bring him down at the end of that, when he puts the shield up around himself, Magneto's throwing mm -hmm. everything he has at him. And the only thing that breaks through that is the Phoenix force, which yeah. in the Marvel universe, in the comics, since they're not all one in the movies, but the Phoenix force is among the most powerful entities that exists, if not the mm -hmm. most powerful entity that exists. So, to have that be what's needed to take him down is nice, but it would have been nice to have him show off more of what he can do before that. Yes. So, yes, I'll give you that. Yeah, um, and I will also add, one of the biggest reasons it also makes my list is you still get the Quicksilver scene with the mansion blowing up. Which, which was, was very good. Oh, it, it was hilarious when he grabs the French bulldog and the bulldogs just kind of <laughs> got the crazy got the look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, th those scenes are just so much fun that, like I said, I, any Marvel movie being made, they just need to put one in for the hell of it. You know, just do it. So I had X-Men on one of my other lists. 
I'm not. not <laughs> it nearly not made both. Uh, it it right. really did nearly make the disappointments and the top ten at the same time. Like I remember coming out of the first viewing and like you know it was okay. I could I I respect what they're trying to do and they did. I felt like they did good stuff. And then I watched it again on video after I bought it and I was like, nope, nope, it's official. I don't think I like this one. <laughs> nope, yeah. don't want. I mean, Psylocke was a major problem for me as well. Um, you know, as much of a she looked pretty pretty spot on. <laughs> the only oh, one that yeah. looked comic book like ripped from the page of the comic book. Yeah, it was the character that had the least amount of stuff to do. Well, th there's yeah, a reason. Such an underutilization of Olivia Munn because she is a freaking good actress. Yeah, and you, if they would have given her just something more important to do, just even more important, just more to do, just something. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a wasted opportunity. Psylocke's another character we've all been waiting to see for a long time, and you know, seeing Olivia Munn in Psylocke's outfits like a fanboy's dream kind of thing. <laughs> and True. it, you know, I think they went with, well, that'll be enough for them. And it was kind of like, it wasn't, because that's not all that that character is about. It's not, you know, like, oh, it's an over-sexualized costume, and that's why people like her. It's like, not really. You know, the, Well, if, if she had appeared in one scene, and she wasn't part of the plot, it was just like a character they encounter very briefly, or she's in the background of something, then you would have just had your, oh, look at that, how cool it looks, how sexy it looks. You know, you'd have your right. visual perception. But because they didn't really give her anything to do, you almost wondered why she was there. Yeah. Like, not just her as the actress, but, like, why the character was there. Like, like even on the team, like, you kind of... You, you were just as underwhelmed with her as an antagonist as you were with Angel. I was yeah. going to say, that's the other character. Like, what did Angel do? He could have been substituted for anybody else. Well, he existed because he was part of Apocalypse. Because you need Archangel at some point. Because you need yeah. Archangel. Like that's, that's the only that's reason it. he's there. Yeah, and the, no, no point to the plot of the story or anything. That actually nope. pissed me off too. Is that we're gonna go with a comic book look for Psylocke? We're gonna go with a somewhat comic book look for Apocalypse. But when it comes to Archangel, he's getting the metal wings, but we're not changing the rest of his appearance to look like Archangel. Yeah, and it was like. And I feel like Come they kind on. of tried to go with like a stylized version of that, which wasn't which wasn't terrible. But yes, juxtaposed against everything else, it it stood out more. Yeah. Do it, why doesn't his skin turn purple or blue? I guess whatever it is. Like yeah, I want that archangel, and I think if Fox and Sony and all of them can learn anything from the Mar the MCU with Disney and. Make the characters like they are in the comics. That's what people want to see. We didn't, you know. They're they they've been ready for it and okay with it for years. Yeah. It. it but, you know, they took their liberties and. I don't know. I like this Nightcrawler better than the one they did before, though, too. So I'll, I'll give it that. I liked Alan Cummings' Nightcrawler, but this <laughs> one was better. I liked both. Yeah, I didn't say that. I, I, like I wish first, Alan. But... I wish Alan Cummings had a little bit more to do in X Men Two, but in terms of his character, I mean, he's he's a thespian all the way. So his acting chops were tremendous as that uh, as yeah. that portrayal. Yes. Yeah. I'm nothing against his character. He just this one felt more like Nightcrawler watching him. Okay. Uh, all right. Anything else for X Men? So we cover Andy's eight, Mike's eight, so we're on to Josh's eight. Um, this was a somewhat of a surprise. It's not my official surprise, 
but I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Uh, my number eight is The Accountant. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay, with um, uh, Ben Affleck. The Affleck and uh, John Barenthal. And John Lithgow, too. Anna Kendrick, too, right? Anna, Anna Kendrick, Kendrick, yeah. yeah. Um, just, I, I thought it was a solid, all-around kind of action drama. Um, I don't I mean, they're, 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 the, the idea of it, I guess, like, the premise, the plot is kind of straightforward enough that it might not seem, uh, exceptional just on paper. But I thought everything, like, all, all the individual parts were executed really well. And since we're really, like, in a non-spoilery uh, mode for, for this episode, there's not really much you can say about it uh, to, so I get, for, for me to, like, really justify it. Um, but I just thought it was really solid, so it'd be uh, a good recommendation, I think. Did Is this one of the ones that Ben Affleck actually produced? Like, Our, our Town and... Uh, no. Didn't he do the one that's out now? The um, Live, Live By, by Night. Night. Isn't it? Um, yeah. He may have produced, let me try to check on that as we talk, or I'll give an update in a little bit. Um, he definitely did not direct. He directed Live, okay. Live by Night, um, just as he did Argo and The Town and Gone Baby Gone. Um, but, no, he did not direct. He might be, you know, an executive producer or producer. Uh, but in this one, he was just, just starring, at least. Okay. Uh, let me check the director, because I know the director was someone that I enjoyed from before. He, uh, uh, Gavin... Gavin O'Connor. Um, he had previously done uh, Jane Got a Gun with Natalie Portman. He'd uh, done Warrior with Tom Hardy uh, and a movie called Pride and Glory. And he actually did... This was kind of strange, you wouldn't think. But he did the, the movie Miracle in 2004 about the uh, 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. Mm-hmm. Oh, like Placid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's kind of p- most parts of his resume. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was executed really well. Just It's a good, solid movie. Anybody else see that one or just Josh? No, I want to see it, but I have not. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. Um, all right. Uh, well, I guess we'll go to my number eight. My number eight is Doctor Strange. Okay. Put my two sorcerer movies right back to back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I mean, we probably talked enough about it in our review that we finally did after the movie came out, but it's another solid MCU movie. They know how to do origin stories. I am personally not sick of the origin stories because each character tweaks it a little bit different. And a lot of these origin stories are hitting different genres. Like we'd never seen Marvel try to make a magic movie, which right. was different. And the effects were freaking great for the magic effects and stuff like that. So I really, really enjoyed all that stuff. Cover Batch was awesome. Rest of the cast was awesome, too. I go with you. Yeah, I don't really know what else we can get into, really, without spoilers. I mean, I, I would say that the whole origin story thing for you, it's also because these origin stories aren't Spider-Man. It's not the X-Men. It's not the Fantastic Four that we're getting another origin story for. We're getting, yeah, you know, completely original origin stories to film. So, yeah, I mean, it's still just kind of generally like one selfish dickhead finds his place and becomes a hero. Like, generally, that happens to a lot of the Marvel heroes. Yeah, but not all. 
I think what, what Marvel has gotten really good at, and it, it started pretty much at the beginning with with Iron Man. Anybody who they've had to tell an origin story... Like, you don't have to tell an origin story for Thor, really. You barely have to tell one for Incredible Hulk anymore. Um, so, But anyone else that they've had to kind of tell that for... I think what a lot of comic book movies suffered from in the past was one of two things. Either their origin story was simply a revenge story. So Batman, uh, the first, the Thomas Jane Punisher, their origin is simply tied into the antagonist that basically created them, and then the rest of the plot is revenge. Blade? A Blade, yes. So what they got good at is explaining in a quasi-rational way with a lot of suspension of disbelief, but a quasi-grounded rational way, how somebody gets from A to B and part of their story is a conflict that they happen to encounter. It's not necessarily tied to the reason they're becoming that thing. So Doctor Strange, he, Stephen Strange is not becoming Doctor Strange because of Mad Mickelson's character. Yeah. He's not becoming Doctor Strange in order to be a superhero, to fight a thing that is a present-day threat. You know, clear and present threat currently. It just it just so happens to be circumstantial. They And they've really gotten good at crafting that. That's why I don't think any of these origin story approaches have uh, really dried up yet. Yeah, it becomes much more of like a personal story. Yeah. For, who you know, the main hero that you're following, it's a lot more personal for them and their personal journey, what they're going through, and then... You know, as Josh said, the the action and the villain and stuff just seems to be happening around them. So yeah, it's a good way to look at it. Um, I was actually surprised it wasn't higher on your list, but I'm not. I mean, I take a guess at a lot of the stuff that's up there, but um, I, I did think it would be higher for you for some reason. Yeah, most of the Marvel it's... movies do rank higher for me, and there was just there was a couple other things that I didn't expect to be as high as they are. Mm -hmm. So we can get to them uh, when we get to them. Doctor Strange is higher on my list. Mine too. Same here. Since no one else has mentioned it, I assumed it was going to be higher on everybody else's <laughs> list. <laughs> and I would say, I think, I mean, one of the things that I think it could have benefited from, well, not benefited from, I liked how they definitely portrayed all of the, like, bending of space in in, in the idea of, like, a like current dimension. Mm -hmm. yeah. For some reason, I thought the movie was going to be somewhat more cosmically based. Whereas you kind of got that in the climax, but yeah. that his interaction with the cosmos would be more prevalent as opposed to simply bending dimensional aspects. Yeah, yeah I mean, you like figure, his current setting. I feel like just because Doctor Strange was already pretty far out there for general movie going audiences, they don't want to like have people's heads explode the first time they see the movie. Yeah. So they start him off sort of small and explaining like he can jump from this part of the planet to the other part of the planet really quickly because of this thing. And as soon as you start factoring in, well, I guess um, as I'm talking aloud, I'm thinking, well, guardians of the galaxy was set in space and they're sort of like in the cosmos and stuff. And nobody, everybody loves that movie. So I don't really know. Well, I mean, Dr. Strange himself in the comics, I mean, his origins and everything, all the magic he does and whatnot, it's all based on alternate dimensions. It's not really cosmically based. That's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah, He's a mystic wielder. He's not a cosmic wielder, if you will. Um, he deals a lot in Limbo, and I want to say... I guess the Dark Dimension was their version of Limbo. I don't know if that actually is a different, separate dimension from Limbo in the comics or not. 
Um, But once again, as I said, when we did the Doctor Strange show, I know more about Doctor Strange from his interactions with magic than I know about Doctor Strange from reading Doctor Strange himself. Yeah. Either way, sort of like what I was like starting to go for as far as my explanation, like they start smaller and then the sequel, they'll expand upon that. So I would expect more other dimensiony things and a lot more of that dimension hopping in the sequel and not necessarily expected from this movie. So yeah, we'll have to see what they do with the eventual Dr. Strange too. Uh, Andy, you got anything to add for Dr. Strange or we could talk about it later whenever it hits other people's lists. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's much higher on my list. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Fair I think enough. We covered pretty much everything else. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll go back to you, Andy, for number seven. My number seven uh, is another Marvel movie. It is Civil War. See, now I'm surprised that's so low. Agreed. I don't know. I have kind of a bad taste in my mouth about Civil War. What? But I'm not exactly <laughs> sure <laughs> why. Necessarily. Okay. But it, I don't. It, Civil War. If you remember, Civil War did not make my favorite MCU's list either. Okay. Oh, see, I'll have to try to track down that list. That that I now that you mention it, that does sound familiar. It was, it was an honor. It was an honorable mention for me. I don't know. I I, I felt that it was too much to pack into one single movie um and i i I realize that the fight with like the infinity gauntlet is going to be two movies but i feel like this one could have also been spread out into two movies yeah i'm sure it could have been but they got their schedule i still really enjoyed it but there were parts of it that that really kind of threw me a little bit um I I don't know. I would say my biggest gripe with Civil War is that they told this storyline now. Um, I don't have necessarily a problem with the movie itself. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it, um, but the idea that they could have waited and made this a big event in Phase Four when they have more heroes, more everything going on because the 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 universe that they put this in they kind of have like a six on six battle to go off of and when i think marvel civil war i think back to the comics and seeing dozens and dozens fighting for each side and the different intricacies it plays if they have certain aspects to it i mean in the comics thor actually kills somebody who has not yet appeared in the Marvel Universe, named Bill Foster, Goliath. And that kind of turns the tide of who's on the right side of this war. But it's not actually Thor that does it, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, <laughs> but it, it's a whole thing that, where... That's... I, I wanted it to be bigger than it was, and I didn't yeah. want it to have to focus on its impact on the Marvel Universe as a whole, but more solely on the impact of separating Cap and Iron Man. Which yeah. it does in its own way, but it's playing toward a bigger storyline, and I wanted it to play to its own storyline when I eventually would see it. And and Mike brought up a good point. The the thing that one of the things that that kind of bothered me about this movie is it, it didn't have any consequence. Yes, that we know of. Like they they don't factor them in normally right at that movie. Like the the way the 
the MCU is set up, you feel the ripples in I'm, movie, I'm, the I'm movies talk, afterwards. I'm, I'm talking like serious consequence. Like I was expecting a death, and you know what? We got a who we thought Rhodey could have died, but he was sort of paralyzed, and then spoilers were now getting spoilery. Pretty much back together. So I don't know. I mean, I I'm okay with that scene just because of the maybe the best Stan Lee cameo yet with Tony Stank. Yeah, really saved it. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. I mean, in the comics at the outset of Civil War, the character Crossbones that is in this movie does kill Captain America. And we didn't get anything of that sort. He tries to in this movie, as any villain should, any good villain. Um... But that kind of consequence, that weight that that put on Tony's shoulders after all this fighting he did, it ends up that Cap dies. It kind of added much more weight to the storyline than what I feel like we felt here. That, As Brian said, though, the ripples you may feel later from it, something along those lines that we see later could be very impactful. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it is because again, you know, I I liked it a lot, but I think when I we talked about our review of the movie, that was my one big gripe is it didn't. I think and maybe the use of the word uh, there wasn't weight to the outcome is a better way to say it than than consequences for for okay. me. Like it better conveys my feeling about it because yeah, like it just seems like it was a another series of events that happened, but what really does it leave like a lasting impact i, I don't know it seemed I mean, like they we were didn't... trying to say they were trying to say that the stakes were so high and oh my gosh this team is ripped apart and i mean it's it's called civil war and it was more like civil fight on the playground a civil squabble <laughs> yeah yeah or battle i mean it was really just one battle you know it, yeah. it was but even you know use of even those terms come with connotation and that just didn't play out which like you said it left the weight of the the shakeout of it uh lacking for me yeah i feel like uh for being a number seven movie on somebody's list like we were hammering that movie pretty good for a little bit there i mean like spoilers it is even higher no, on I'm, my I'm own just, yeah it would have been even higher than it appeared had it been you know not for some of those things yeah, I'm only saying bad things about it because, you know, you guys were all surprised that it was much lower on my list, so I was just trying to justify the, <laughs> the lower rating. But um, there's there's a lot to love about that movie, which is why it made my list. Okay. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I just, it seemed like we were getting really down the first second. Well, I mean, the, I mean the, the, the fight between Cap, Iron Man, and Winter Soldier at the end is... Uh, yeah. That's very well done. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, even just the moment between Spider-Man and Captain America... You know the the Queens and Brooklyn thing. That was just that <laughs> so was charming. It, it was, and it was just classic for both of the characters. Their New York pride, even though they don't wear it on their sleeve, is still right there, and that that's true of both yeah. of those characters. Yeah, there's and a the, the, lot the for Steve Rogers to like. romantic side story didn't really seem to fit either to me. It, it didn't, but it was the reason and the necessity that you needed in order to have the uh, 
trio in the bug. We still got to we still got to write that three cats yeah. Americans yes. and a beetle. <laughs> like that 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 developing of that whole kind of like bromance frenemy thing between Winter Soldier and Falcon. The, like the whole movie, like even back to like the battle at the hangar with Spider Man and everything, like yeah. that's that's fine. I'll I'll take a useless love storyline briefly in order to get that. That's a fair trade. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and the other thing that uh, I don't know if this is spoiler or not, but I don't think it is. Um, that struck I'll me. Cut it out if it is. Okay, good <laughs> enough. Um, but it it struck me that they as. A film it showed that Marvel was finally going to give Spider-Man his proper due in so much that in many ways I feel like that's going to happen but in one way specifically how often has Winter Soldier's arm bested Cap bested Iron Man bested all the there are several instances in the Marvel Universe where you see that you know that arm is fairly damn powerful and Spider-Man stops it on a dime. Yeah, I mean, he grabs his fist, stops uh, it on gotcha. a dime. And that just shows that it's a big part of Spider-Man that I don't think they ever truly have touched on yet. That Spider-Man is insanely strong and powerful, but he holds back. And that's part of his character is that he holds back for fear of truly harming people. And I found that a very interesting moment that they threw that tidbit in there. Because it's a very brief thing. You know, it's that one thing that you get the idea that he's that powerful. I like that. Um, my other... That's an interesting point. I, the other part is kind of spoilery. I'll talk about it later. But Well, as you said, we kind of crapped on the movie a little bit. So I, I will provide another good point. I very much, uh, to reiterate again, that I very much enjoy Daniel Brühl in his role as Baron Zemo. I thought that was a great uh, yeah. use of an antagonist. Yes. Um, uh, I, as, I, I will say, I, I this movie helped uh, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man grow on me, no pun intended. <laughs> um, that was the spoilery thing I was getting at. Uh, <laughs> yeah, more, let's just leave know, it at that. More, more than the Ant-Man movie itself. Like, I am enjoying his involvement in this world much more in, than I, now than I did before. Well, like most characters, like any ones that get in their solo movies, they it, it always works better when they play off everybody else. Yeah. Uh, tr- true. Although I mean, for for me personally, if like like I can, I think I can watch the at least the Captain America movies, like the, definitely the first two, and even though yeah, the first like the second one has you know Scarlet uh. Or Black Widow and like Nick Fury, but for the most part, it's a Captain America story and Falcon. Um, well, well, yeah, but I mean, he's still kind of like he's connected to to Cap and and, and his arc. But yeah, yeah, there's a there's a few of them that like on their own. Maybe well, maybe for me, he's the only one. So now that I think about it, I don't know. Like Iron Man one is just movie gold. Two and three have their problems. So Cap, I can do, but. Yeah, maybe as as we see more of how Ant Man plays into this, you know, Paul Rudd won't s- seem so. Uh, to me, he stands out like a sore thumb so much. But I I really loved it, how they utilized him in this. Yeah, well, I think he stands out in that way because he's so dissimilar from the others, the other actors that are playing these roles. 
they're all fairly, you know, common action movie types, superhero movie types, etc. You know, so you get Paul Rudd, who's a comedian, and put him into the role of Ant-Man, and it's pretty damn impressive what he's able to do with it. You uh, are not wrong. Alright, so we got anything else to wrap up for Civil War? I think we got to get moving here. Yep, that is a good roundabout. Alright, uh, Mike's number seven. My number seven is Now You See Me 2. Uh, oh, wow. Sequel okay. to the first Now You See Me, obviously, um, <laughs> and also the first appearance of a magical movie on my list here. Um, uh. I would say it, th- this movie expanded upon the first, and th- they are just fun movies to watch. Uh, the both of them. I, I could sit down and watch that, you know, 20 minutes of the movie and enjoy myself if I had to go and do something else. And I would, you know, just enjoyed those 20 minutes. But the movie mm-hmm. as a whole, it's, they well round out. It's a very well thought out plot. And everything might seem disoriented and convoluted at different points. <laughs> and it all does come back together. They manage to tie up the loose ends. And... I mean, you get Jesse Eisenberg, you get Mark Ruffalo, you get Woody Harrelson, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman. You start adding up a cast um, like that, and it's tough to come with something bad. Did you like the um, replacement for Isla Fisher? Um, Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, Lizzie Mm -hmm. Kaplan, I actually like more than Isla Fisher to begin with. I'm not the biggest fan of her, so it didn't really bother me in any way okay um i I did like the joke that they kind of made about it a little bit where she says something to the effect of like look i can be the girl now yeah (laughs) Yeah. something like that (laughs) yeah in i don't know why they they i don't know the story behind it whether they chose not to bring isla fisher back or whether she wouldn't she was was pregnant she was pregnant okay yep i didn't know what the reason was or had just had a child one of the two okay well then that's excusable there's there's no hard feelings there. She can come back for the third one or something. <laughs> yeah, that movie actually was my honorable mention. So, oh cool. Glad yeah, to hear somebody else liked it. <laughs> well, like Mike said, I think both of them are very enjoyable. I do like both of them. They didn't make it like this one didn't make my list or anything, but I do own them both. I do think they're. I, I still think I like the first one better than the second one. I think the second one kind of bit off a little bit more than it can chew by the end. I think it. The way it wraps up, I think, is just too a little bit over the top for what they should be doing. I feel like for this, I'm not trying to trying to beat around it's the bush ab- here, it, but it, it's about um, entertainment magic, though it should be over the top. I agree. I, I get that, but like it's a whole <laughs> secret society type thing, which doesn't always go the way. I, I'm not trying to. I'm going to leave it at that. But yeah, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I. I can't think about them and what they try to do. If I just put them on and watch them, I'm, I totally enjoy them. But the, the minute I really start to think about what they're trying to do and what the plot does, I, I start poking holes. But that aside, I do really like those movies. I will I will agree. I saw it. I enjoyed it. All right. Fair enough. We are <laughs> on to Josh's number seven. All right. Now it is my turn to apologize because... Rogue One is only at number seven. 
Um, in all honesty, that's higher than I thought it would be on your list. I didn't think it was like when we tr- did the uh, most anticipated for 2016. Yeah, I don't think it was on your list at all. It wasn't. So um, I fully expected it not to be on your top ten when all was said and done. Right now, I mean, when, yeah, I mean, when we did the top ten of 2015, I don't think Force Awakens was on my list at all, or if it was, it was kind of low. Um, but Rogue One. Well, and, and I mean, to be fair, you know, episode eight is not on my 2017 list and who knows, I might be very surprised by that. Yeah. Um, that was the key to me, like for, for making it on the list and hitting number seven, Rogue One was for a non, for someone who doesn't, is not going to get offended at anything that Star Wars ever does. Um, I, I'm not invested in it that way. Rogue One was an extraordinarily well-made movie. Mm-hmm. The script, the story crafting, the character development, the like as a standalone, if this is the only thing you ever saw, and this is the only thing that ever existed, this would be a freaking cool story. Yeah. yeah. What I like about it too is that it, it, it's rare to get like a, a very well-written tragedy, even if it is in, yeah. in Star Wars universe. I had, and it I, hadn't I even occurred like... to me that that's just flat out what it is. Yeah. yeah, and and quite frankly, they did an excellent job of it, and they were able to. Uh, it, very rarely do you see a, a tragedy anymore where it does not have a happy ending. You know, mm-hmm. um, every Star spoilers. Wars film was trying to live up to that Empire yeah. ending. Yeah, so that's that's the bar that I think every, especially creators now that are that are getting the reins to a Star Wars film, like that's everybody's trying to hit that Empire Strikes Back bar. But even that wasn't wasn't quite as tragic as this one. No, they still <laughs> no. got away. They still lived on, and yeah, I mean, went on to win the day he's, later. He's yeah, he's still next to Leia, you know. At the end, it's just yeah. Spoiler, by the way. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God! Yeah, spoiler for Empire. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler yeah I think for it, a movie that's thirty-five years old. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to bog us too much in Star Wars talk because I know we could talk forever on Star Wars. So I think if you if you really want to hear our thoughts on Rogue One, because we do get into specifics there, you can check out the review we did for Rogue One a couple weeks back. That is out there. That can be listened to. Yeah. Um, but if anybody has any real quick thoughts on Rogue One, you can throw them out. I think, yeah, I threw mine out there already. It, nothing that's not on that review. Okay. Uh, then we'll move on to my number seven. My number seven is Zootopia. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, there's. It always seems like there's one animated film that really sticks with me, and this this was the one that did it for me. I don't. I don't it, know what it was. It was so damn cute, and it yeah was actually a little bit more action packed. I think than I expected it to be mm-hmm. for a kids movie. <laughs> Even scary this... at times too. It was pretty fucking dark for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, spoiler. Um, this one actually was my surprise. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. I have not seen this one, so. I will it's, have to watch uh, it's it soon. Streaming, it is streaming on the Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Check it out. I did not see it in the theater. I saw it as soon as it came out on Netflix. And I enjoyed the ever-living shit out of it. I did not expect <laughs> to. Okay. Yeah, it's not even Pixar. It's Disney Animation, right? Y- yeah, it's not Pixar. Yeah, hmm. so Disney Animation is like doing better than Pixar is. Wow. Which is a little bit surprising. Yeah, because they're the ones that did, like, Disney Animation did, like, uh, Wreck-It Ralph and Frozen, right? Neither of those were Pixar. And I think this was the next one out of the gate for them. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I would would definitely recommend this one. I think it's a lot, 
if, even if you go in with like no expectations, I think you'd be really surprised at what they what they pack into this movie and what it even like the messages they like. There's some heavy messages in there for mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, I I agree. I was I was not at all expecting to thoroughly enjoy this. Uh, anybody else, Josh? Uh, yeah, I didn't make any of the lists, but I it, it was on my two C list for the year, and I saw it in the year. <laughs> so <laughs> check that mark, check that box off. Uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was good. Okay. Uh, so we'll come back around to Andy for his number six. I'm expecting a lot of shit for this one. Uh oh. Oh no. Batman v Superman. <laughs> All right. Over Civil War? You fucking yep. madman. <laughs> <laughs> I I pretty much had a smile on my face pretty much throughout the entire entirety of this movie. I just I don't know why I enjoyed it more, but uh something See, I I don't hate Zack Snyder movies. Uh, some of them are pretty bad, but like I didn't <laughs> hate Man of Steel or or anything like that, but um yeah, this this movie, I don't know, it carried away from, with me for some reason, even with all of its many, many drawbacks. <laughs> I mean... Fair enough. I, I I do not hate this movie. It's not uh, that I hate the movie, it's that it's not what I wanted it to be. It, you know, the, okay. my expectations for Batman versus Superman, you, I mean, no matter who you talk to, there is, you know, three, maybe three superheroes that are above all others, and that's Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man. And you're pitting Batman versus Superman, and I felt underwhelmed for what I was hoping for. Um, not to mention that they were in part tackling the Dark Knight Returns story, which very well may be the best Batman story that's ever been written. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when expectations are put that high, it's very hard to live up to them. And I feel like that's why it gets so much flack from me, at least. Uh, so pretty yeah, much I, everyone else too. Yeah, <laughs> like pretty much what you're describing. It's the epitome of a disappointment for me, which is why it made my disappointment list. Oh, it's on mine. Yeah, too. just coming from that title, and even coming off a mediocre film like Man of Steel, you're like, oh shit! Now he's gonna fight Batman. What the? F- this is gonna be great. The the hype and expectations are so high for that movie that you know it had to be damn near perfect to be able to live up to that hype and it was far from perfect so it fell pretty far from me as far as my list just because i between plot holes and what i feel like they should have done and the the freaking we all know what moment i'm not going to mention for people that haven't seen it but the 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 moment (laughs) when things change is dude your movie should not hang on that moment there there are better ways to write that shit and I swear to God, if it's David Goyer and he's still attached to fucking DC movies, I'm going to shit myself because that guy needs to walk away just like Zack Snyder needs to take a break. <laughs> well, Brian, uh, how, do you, how do you feel about it? That's it. That's my two cents. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> so if anybody else wants to add anything to that. Um, once again, we're crapping all over it. I will say the good things. I... I'm a fan of Jesse Eisenberg, and I still enjoyed him in this role. I, I don't know that he's a great Lex Luthor, but he was a damn good villain, in my opinion. Um, mm, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And 
that was good. Um, and How awesome was that Batman scene in the warehouse? Yeah, that yeah, that they spoiled in the trailer. Fuck yeah, yeah they definitely did. <laughs> yeah, but seeing it in the theater while it's happening is is a little bit different. But I agree, they did spoil it. Yeah, I mean, they spoiled fucking everything else in that movie. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that was another. Mm. How great would have Wonder Woman's appearance been in that movie had they kept that under wraps? Yes. Oh, yes. my God. Or Doomsday for that. Yeah, matter. exactly. I mean, had they kept this stuff under wraps, it makes it that much more impactful when you see mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, because I think that took away from my movie going experience. It was like, um, in my mind, because of sort of what we do with the show is like, I will watch a trailer numerous times to talk about it on the show and one to get myself hyped up for the movie. When those trailers come out, by the time you see the movie, we're two hours in, and I'm like, okay, well, I haven't seen that scene that was definitely in the trailer, or that scene that was definitely in the trailer. So by the time you get to the climax, you're like, okay, you're just checking all the boxes of what you've already seen. And then the movie's over, and you're like, well, what the... F- that was everything in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, in that being said, another good thing about the movie is Wonder Woman. Um, she mm, did yeah. a very good job, and also, we've said it, I think, many times before, the music is just badass mm, that they put yeah, for Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. th- there is good things to be had here. It's just, it just didn't live up to what it could have been, in my opinion. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much right there with you. Yeah, if they would have done a good job on this movie, it would have most certainly rivaled Rogue One, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Josh, did you have anything to add? Or are you good on Batman Superman? No, nah, nothing. I'll just be beating a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we do have a review on that one out for the for the podcast yeah. too. So check back for for that one if you want spoilery. Two hour thought, or I don't know how long we talked about it. I'm assuming two hours, but we do get into spoilers for that one too. Yeah, the only thing is it did end up on my disappointed list. It had just as they're all saying redeeming qualities, but fell well short of the mark. Fair enough. Uh, so we're on to Mike's number six. My number six is Star Trek Beyond. Um, mm. uh, I felt like I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan, um, but J.J. Abrams and his magic uh, turned Star Trek into something that I can enjoy more. Turned um, it into Star Wars. It turned it into Star Wars. Yes, I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to say it outright, but you know, let's just be honest. He turned it into something more like Star Wars. They will be the first ones to admit that. Like, even the behind the scenes on the first rebooted Star Trek, they read her at that two or three times. Between him and the writers, they're always saying they want to inject that Star Wars into Star Trek. They they say that verbatim. Right. I mean, and they put more action into it. And that's what putting the Star Wars into it is, is because, you know, Star Trek originally was more suspense, more talking than it was action. And I think that put a lot of people off. Um... But, I mean, this movie in particular, um, I don't want to get spoilery, so I'm not going to get in-depth on anything, but it is a very good iteration of Star Wars. It wasn't what I was expecting after the last Star film. Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. I don't know if you're slipping. Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> slipping. It, it had the effect. Yeah. <laughs> it had the desired um, effect. But, I mean, after, after the last film, I was definitely expecting this movie to be a Klingon war. Um, of some sort, or battle with the Klingons in some way, and they didn't go that route, and I was actually surprised by that. Um, Good surprise? Actually, yes. Um, okay. You know, like, it's 
the acting in these movies so far has been consistent throughout. Um, Chris Pine makes an excellent Kirk, and not enough can be said about how good Zachary Quinto is doing with Spock. Um, yeah. And, I mean, how good does Zachary Quinto do with everything he does? That being said. <laughs> so, uh, and honestly, Simon Pegg as Scotty is probably my favorite thing about any of these movies. He he co-wrote this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's, I don't know, it, it's hard for me to compare because I'm not, like I said, the biggest Star Trek fan, but I enjoyed the villain, I enjoyed the heroes, I enjoyed the climax. It, it's all just, it's all there. You know, it, it has a lot going for it. I really need to see it. I really enjoyed the first two. So. Oh yeah, if you haven't seen it, it it's good. The the only thing that I think has it has going against it that was just an odd choice was to take Idris Elba and cover him in prosthetics and makeup so that you can't ever get the conveyance of him. But I I mean he he's he's good as a villain, but Idris Elba is a talented enough actor that all you need is his face. Yeah. He he was one of the few things I liked about Pacific Rim. Yeah. Oh. And like I think like the way that they did Eric Bana as the villain in the first Star Trek, like the the reboot of the franchise, if they had gone that route with some of his makeup where it was just kind of a modified version of his form, it would have been a bit better, but you don't really get to see the actor in the character as much. No. I don't okay. think. No, you don't. But and also on that note, Eric Bana—that's one of two roles I actually like him in. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> the other being Troy. You didn't like him as the Hulk. <laughs> I, honestly, I like that, and I like Troy, and that—that's about it. And him as the Hulk. Uh, come on. Yeah, Eric I know, Bana, I scientist. <laughs> he, come on. Ooh. Troy was a pretty badass movie all around. Yeah. Uh, with Star Trek, that did—it's going to show up on my list a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, I really, really liked it. I was actually, it's not my surprise, but I considered it as one of my surprises because after Into Darkness, I wasn't really expecting too much. I don't even think I put this on my anticipated for 2016, but after seeing it, I really, really enjoyed it. It's a fun ride. Uh, Would you say it's better than the second one? Yes, by far. But again, I had, I, I didn't come out of the second one liking it too much. Well, no, you know what? Oh, really? I will say three-fourths three yeah. of the way through that movie, I think I liked it. By the end of it, it I, it fell off the rails for me, and I hold that against it pretty hard. I agree. Um, I, 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 I can't say why without getting into spoilers for that movie, but I think this one got it back on the right track. I think everything about this was awesome. There's a point near the end that just had me have a really stupid grin on my face for about five minutes because that sequence was awesome. Agreed. Uh Mike and I know Josh and I talked about it when we did the review. Mike probably knows what I'm talking about. Absolutely. You, you just you can't as soon as you yeah you just it's it's awesome. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I really need to see it. You do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it for me on that one. Uh, anything else to add for Star Trek, or we'll move on. It did not make my list, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, you and I did the review for that, right? Didn't we talk about that before? I think I think I was at least part of it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and we were talking about uh, 
Simon Pegg writing, I'm pretty sure on the when we did the review, there was a whole backstory of like who was supposed to direct, who was supposed to write, and what happened with all that stuff. I think I covered that in the review. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious about that, you can go back and listen to that one. Uh, so we're on to Josh's number six. Uh, my number six was Doctor Strange. No, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, anything else to add, or we we'll just move on? Good. All right, yeah. moving yeah. on. Uh, my number six is probably going to feel really low to a lot of you guys. Uh, Deadpool. Wow. Depending on okay. what comes after it, yeah, <laughs> will dictate my feeling on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I expect that to be higher on everybody else's list. I was hoping. If Romano's not here. I I thought he was going to give me loads of shit for putting <laughs> Skull Poop L so low. <laughs> I I honestly I I would give you a lot of shit for it, but it, it is a good year for movies. There's a lot of good stuff out yeah, there. I know what my own list was looks a, like. A lot of decent stuff. So you know. Yeah, but I mean that being said, Deadpool was fucking fantastic movie. One of the best comic to screen adaptations that has been done ever. Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, I'm I'm hoping they keep that tone and that that type of aesthetic for Deadpool two, and it doesn't like Fox isn't pushing for a lot of random crap just because that made a shit ton of money for them. Uh, the obvious, I think, surprise hit for the for the year. Yeah. Just because I don't think anybody coming off of Origins and everything. I mean, the the leaked test footage gave us a taste of what Deadpool could be, but we never were sure if we'd be able to see that movie. And that's pretty much what we got. If we watch, if you yeah. watch the test footage way back when, that is the movie that you see. Yeah, and it is it's fan fucking tastic. Don't forget the R rating. I only hope. Yeah, I only hope that they don't sour it with a with a horrible sequel. <laughs> well, yeah, I was actually talking with a friend earlier today about who they're going to cast as Cable, because evidently that's been one of the biggest uh, problems they've had moving forward for Ryan Reynolds is that he's insisting Cable all that move forward because they did promise it and it seems like everybody is very hyped up on Stephen Lang taking over his cable and I'm just not on that train did um, you hear the latest rumor that I think dropped today Pierce Brosnan yes that is actually what started our conversation is he we brought <laughs> that up and it kind of rolled on from there I have a hard I have a hard time not seeing him as Bond yeah so. I don't know how well, that would work but I'm interested enough to see it Honestly, cable. my favorite yeah, choice cable. <laughs> for Cable is another Bond named Daniel Craig. Um, <laughs> okay. Really? I think he's a fantastic choice to play Cable. I think his serious, dark humor would play off great with Ryan Reynolds because it just would work, I think. Because Cable's not supposed to be the type that's making the jokes with Deadpool, but it's supposed to be the type where things he said get interpreted wrong or something like that by Deadpool, and that's where the jokes roll from. And I, I don't I don't know that Daniel Craig knows how to not take himself seriously. <laughs> and even but, even if even if the idea is that it's obvious that he's supposed to be serious and everyone else is not taking him seriously, I don't know that he knows how to play that well enough. I don't know. I thought he did a pretty good job as the voice for the stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't have his face or a prolonged no. performance. No, just, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I I don't know. I think it sounds great on paper. I don't know how well he can execute it as an actor. Well, I'll give you my second choice then is Liam Neeson. Okay. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> um, uh, taken with time travel. 
I, I, I love him as a choice. He'd play great. But, I mean, we'll see what they do. But, I mean, as far as this movie goes, I don't think I've had as good a belly laugh at something as I did when Deadpool actually tries to fight Colossus. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've actually had that good a laugh in a long time because it's something I've always wanted to see is Deadpool on screen getting proper due. And that yeah. was just the perfect proper due for Deadpool is the scene with him in Colossus. Um, and they come out of left field with Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Um, that was a character that I knew absolutely nothing about going into that movie and they're part of the X-Men and I read the X-Men and it was like, she doesn't have much of a story, even in the comics, you know, and they bring her in and it was kind of like, I don't understand why they're doing it. They changed her powers for the movie. Yeah. You know, they did a lot, but nobody cares because it's Negasonic Teenage Warhead. So I think they just kind of took liberties with what they were doing to do it because that's what they needed for the action sequences to work. So that's the powers they gave her. Um, I could go on for hours about Deadpool. I'm going <laughs> to slow myself down. Uh, Andy or Josh, you got anything to add for Deadpool? It's higher on my list. It's, it's higher. <laughs> no no opinion? Just want to put that it's higher on your list? Well, I mean, I think that speaks for itself, right? I mean, It is considerably higher on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think through the course of the year we talked about it enough to know, to know why, but it just uh, yeah, landed higher for me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we're on to Andy's number five. My number five was Warcraft. Oh, Ooh, okay. Wow, okay. I really, really enjoyed Warcraft. Uh, I liked that it was a an excellent fantasy movie, as well as um, you don't get a lot of fantasy movies nowadays that are good, at least. <laughs> um, I don't know, I just... It, it struck all the right chords with me. I watched it. I enjoyed it. Um, I never actually played the game, so I didn't know a whole lot of the story or whether they were sticking to it, going away from it, anything like that, of any of the storylines yeah, they made. I never got in, into the game well enough to know all the lore, so I, I couldn't tell you whether or not it was super accurate or whatever, but I, I certainly did enjoy it. Yeah, I think it, it, it leaves a little bit to be desired as far as plot and story because I think they throw a lot at you that you, they almost just assume that you know I don't think there's enough explanation to, to back some of that stuff up so you might feel a little bit lost during the story uh, but yeah I did enjoy the action sequence and stuff that's another one with, with like the magicians and the mages like they, they put some weight behind spell casting which I don't think had been done before this was before Doctor Strange and Fantastic Beasts came out that I like I don't know, whenever they're casting spells, like, it gets real bassy. Like, you feel it when they're casting spells. And I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, I agree. It, 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 you definitely felt it. Um, the, the only thing that... It, the, the animations were beautiful. And... The one... The, there were, it, What is her name? Um... <laughs> I can't think of her name. Um, the female troll? Yeah. Actress or character? The, the actress. I, I can't think of her Paula name. Patton. That, yeah, that's it. Um, I, I didn't feel like that looked... It looked off, the, the way that they made that up to me. It just... Everything else was so beautiful, and it, that just didn't fit for me. <laughs> like, it just... I can the see thing that. that looked, yeah. yeah, the thing that looked off for me was the golem fight. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. That too. looked a bit off. Yeah, I think Andy, you and I reviewed, right? Didn't we talk about Warcraft mm-hmm. when it came out? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we can. Again, if you want to hear the the spoilery detailed uh, review of what we thought of that movie, you can go back and check that episode out. Josh, did you see Warcraft? I did not. Okay. Um, so we'll move on to Mike's number five. My number five was Doctor Strange. Okay. Which okay. we've covered thoroughly so far, I believe. <laughs> uh, so that puts us at Josh's number five. Uh, my number five is Arrival. Ooh, okay. Okay. Arrival was nowhere on my radar. I had no idea it existed until about three weeks before it came out. And uh, I took advantage of my perk as a theater employee to go see it for free one you know, afternoon. And I was so happy that I did. Um, it was basically on my surprise list as well. But I guess it would be like, since we were only told to pick one of them, that's it's just like my second one. But uh, anytime I've discussed this movie with anyone since seeing it, I've said there is no way that I have figured out how to talk about it and describe why it is as good as it is without just telling you the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's It's nothing what you think it's about. Whatever you think it's about, it's not about that, and what it is about is incredible. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, I'm the right act- here with you, Josh. The acting is superb. The quasi-nonlinear storytelling is uh, catches you off guard. The, the, just the, the whole premise. like whatever, Like I said, whatever you think the actual story is about from the previews, I promise you it's not. Amy Adams, right? Yes. Yeah. Amy Adams and, uh, and Jeremy Renner. Okay. I will have to give this a watch. It, it do. Uh, it, it, do. It's, it's been on my it's, it's been on my radar. I just haven't seen it. Spoiler: yeah. This is my surprise for the year. Was Arrival. Okay. This is I I Josh and I think we're talking about this before. This is I think this year's The Martian. Like the way yes. The Martian caught fire and was a really awesome sci-fi movie. This is that movie this year. Yes, I still need to see that too. That's yeah. You have to see that. That was great. Yeah, there's you can't go into Arrival expecting Independence Day. It is not Independence Day. It is the farthest thing from Independence Day, and that's probably why I liked it so much this year. Because True. Independence Day is probably on your disappointment list. <laughs> Independence well, Day is my disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely the juxtaposition of that fact, but again, there was there was no way for them to market this movie uh, without spoiling just what the plot is and what it really centers on and what it's about. Yeah. Uh, they they would have had a very difficult time marketing this movie other than making it look like alien spaceship visitors, what happens next. But I, I promise you, see this. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, but that is probably only because you may not like movies like this in general at all. But if you... Unless you really just don't like movies, like it ends up being whatsoever, I promise you, you will really thoroughly enjoy this. Okay. Yeah, I've only seen this one once. I'm dying to watch it again. I think it deserves yes. to be watched again, just from what it sets up and what it does. I think you appreciate it more the second time through. 
Uh, but like I said, I haven't, I haven't got around to that, but I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, it's on my list. It's, it's higher on my list. Um, you, Mike and Andy, you guys haven't seen it yet? No. Nope. Okay. All right. So we'll move on then to my number five. My number five was Star Trek Beyond. Okay. All right. So we can move on to Andy's number four. My number four was Deadpool. Okay. Okay. Now we're we're gonna hit the point where it's like all repeat viewings or like all the repeats all the time. Yeah. Somewhere. Uh, spoiler: My number four. Oh no no sorry we're on number four never mind never mind. <laughs> Cut that cut that. Uh, Mike's number four. Civil War. Okay. All right. Josh is number four. All right. So there we go. Yes, my number four <laughs> is is also Civil War. Yeah, we're getting the rapid fire rounds here, aren't we? Uh, so my number four, my, my number four is Civil War too. <laughs> nice. So it, it great minds think alike. Three guys. Lists. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing down the gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet. That was a terrible joke. I apologize. Uh, Andy's <laughs> Andy's number three. My number three was Doctor Strange. Nice. All right, so we're on to Mike's number three. My number three is Fantastic Beasts. Okay. Josh, I'm actually, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to be surprised if Fantastic Beasts isn't your number one. Okay. We're, we're getting there. I'm just... <laughs> your number three, Josh. <laughs> yeah, Josh, your number three. Am I up? Okay, my number three was Deadpool. Okay. Uh, all right, so my number three is going to be a movie we haven't talked about yet that I don't even know if anybody else has seen. Uh-oh. I just watched it recently, and it was good enough to push up to my number three. Uh, the Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Okay. Oh, wow. I, I heard fair reviews for that. I have not I seen f- it yet. There was something about that movie. I Shane Black wrote and directed. He writes a good fucking detective story. Like, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He wrote the original Lethal Weapon, which is still fantastic. Uh, for anyone, for Marvel Lights and stuff, he directed Iron Man, wrote and directed Iron Man 3. So depending on how you feel about that one. Um, um, poop? Yeah. <laughs> I, you well, know, then. I don't know how much freedom they gave him with Iron Man. So he couldn't, I don't think he wrote the movie he's n- normally done. Like, if you watch Kiss Kiss bang bang and then try to watch iron man 3 you can tell they're different tones and stuff like that but yeah i think he nails the humor well it's all about uh 1970s la and ryan gosling is a private detective who may or may not be an idiot and russell crowe is just a hired person that uh finds people and delivers a message that message is usually beating the crap out of someone to deliver said message and during the course of the story, their paths cross. There's a murder mystery that they have to solve and stuff like that that involves the porn industry from 1970s. Uh, so, but without giving away too much, that's probably the, the least amount of stuff I can tell you with trying to get you interested. But the acting's awesome. The acting action is cool that we get. Uh, the comedy worked for me. All of it. I, I thought it fired on all cylinders, and I really, really enjoyed it. I'm anxious to watch it again sometime soon. Yeah, right. that movie was on my radar, but it was like right on the outskirts where it was like one of those little bleepy things, you know. Yeah. But, um, it was the blue. I think it's 
I think it's supposed to hit HBO by the end of the I'll month. <laughs> so if anybody has HBO, I think you should be able to you'll be able to watch it there by end of this month, early February. So if okay. you want to check it out, I'd I'd highly recommend it. Uh, so yeah, if nobody else seen it, that's where we'll leave that one, and we'll go on to Andy's number two. My number two was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Very nice. Well done. Alrighty, so we're on to Mike's number two. My number two is Deadpool. I feel like I can guess what your number one is. <laughs> no, that didn't make the list. What? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> um, Alright, so we're on Josh's number two. Okay, my number two is also my surprise pick, which is Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, I've okay. heard very good things about that. Yeah. That's um who directs that? It's um Mel Gibson. Yes. Um I am extremely hit or miss on war movies. I don't like anything that glorifies war and I'm very wary of things that are overly nationalistic or patriotic. And what I mean by that is any any movie made by anybody in any country about any war, any anything that paints violence and 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 war and these types of things, these, and, and everything most most historical wars are political. Very few things are honest to God survival or anything that I feel that could be justified. So I can be very wary about what kind of things are made. I feel I can genuinely say that this movie had no agenda. This did not... Th this happened to be about an American in World War II during a campaign uh, in Japan. Other than that, had this movie been it set in any point in history about anybody from any country made by anybody in the world, starring anybody in the world... If it was this story, I would feel the same exact way. Is Mel Gibson starring in it as well? Not at all. He he's not in it at all. Just just total director. Okay. Just total director. It is a true life story of a, a pacifist, effectively, who decides to enlist in in the military for World War II because he wants to become an army medic. And I guess even historically, and I guess it makes sense that even people who are medics on the battlefield have battle training and they are trained for combat and this person nearly got court-martialed and imprisoned for refusing to go through weapons training because he was that much of a pacifist but he wanted to be on the battlefield to help people and um i walked out of that theater and my within five minutes i believe i threw out a facebook status that said they should probably just go ahead and announce Andrew Garfield's nomination for Best Actor now. Um, and possibly Mel Gibson's for Best Picture. Um, I know, obviously I'll be the first one to say, like, Gibson comes along with baggage galore in the last ten years. <laughs> and, and he but, earned it very well. Oh, yeah. But this movie... I can I can I can talk about the accolades that this movie should receive or at least the the reception it should receive and compartmentalize that 
from other thoughts about Mel Gibson. Um, the, this this story is freaking incredible, and the 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 movie as a battle movie is just one of the best I've ever seen. Like it might like on par with Saving Private Ryan. It, you liked Saving Private Ryan for the accomplishments of the scope of how huge it was to create something that was that involved with that kind of battle cinematography and the impact and the sounds and the feeling. Yes. Okay. Um, I, 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 again, I, I, I couldn't recommend this movie more. I, I, I don't think anybody would absolutely hate it. Again, unless you just, unless you hate everything about a war movie, every single thing, um, this is, I, I recommend this just as strongly, if not more, than I did Arrival. Okay. Fair enough. I think, anybody else see that? I think Josh is probably the only one. No, I didn't. I have not seen it. Okay. Well, this is high praise, Josh. So we'll have to, it's high to get around to that. Um, Sorry, I don't know. Any, you guys got anything to add for Hacksaw Ridge? It's something I've been meaning to watch, just haven't. Yeah. Um, Alright, so that puts us at my number two. My number two might actually seem a little bit surprising is Rogue One. Okay. Really? Yes. So... Alright. We did We did talk about... Have we ta- Yeah, we talked about Rogue One earlier. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're on to everybody's number one. So we're on to Andy's number one. Rogue One. Okay, it's not surprising, Mike. I'm gonna guess for you. Finding as well. Dory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, of course, it's Rogue One. Yes, Rogue One. Um, and Josh, number one. It is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, there you go. However, I will give a quick because I feel like it's just so easy for me to say that. If you remember when we did the anticipation list. Uh, Fantastic Beast was actually number two, and Civil War was number one. Um, and I think I remember, like, giving all the backstory of, like, my history with Harry Potter, and what it's like, the connection that it, it, it brought to the person that I eventually married, and how I proposed, and, like, how much of a framework it's been, and it's been, like, weaved into my life. So I think it's easy for it to sound like that, but I will say, I, I found this moving this movie charming as all hell i thought it was just so enjoyable to watch and you know it wasn't just like oh there's the harry potter movie for the year and of course it's it's number one it hit every high mark for me and i I do think to go back to another point i think it had to do with multiple viewings i liked it a lot the first time i saw it the second and third time was even more so second third how many times Um, did you see it total in in theaters three Okay. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah. Did you only see it the one? You only saw it the one time. I only saw it the one time. Yeah, okay. but I'm really looking forward to owning the Blu-ray and watching it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else to add, real quick, for Fantastic Beasts? Nope. Okay. Uh, oh, we- uh, there is one thing I wanted to. Did the scene? Um. Oh, I guess it's a spoiler. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Way to hit us with all that like anticipation. Good, good, good discussion. You like good that? discussion. Just had the cliffhanger. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so finishing it off with my number one. Uh, if you couldn't tell, by the way, I 
hyped it up earlier was Arrival. I think oh, Arrival wow. was a fucking okay. fantastic movie. And more, I think, again, because it, it is my surprise, and I think it warrants more people to see it. I think it, it deserves to be seen, and because it surprised the hell out of me, I expected to like Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Arrival caught me off guard, so I'm giving it my top spot. Ah, okay. Um, and I guess, real quickly, I don't know how well we'll remember uh, what we've talked about already, but Josh, your your top ten for what you thought you would be, or what you know what you anticipated for 2016. Yep. Way back when we did this, did you ever end up seeing Triple Nine? Because that was your number ten. I did. It was enjoyable. It was definitely cool. It was watchable. as a good action flick. Okay. Because um, I didn't know if that even came out, <laughs> to it be did. honest. Uh, Suicide Squad was your nine. Mm-hmm. That is not I, on I your saw, list. I saw, I saw everything on my top ten. Okay. Yeah, you had you had Underworld on there, but that got moved to, to this year. Right. Which you replaced right. with Jason London, Bourne. Oh, with Jason Bourne. Yeah, and I did see that. It was enjoyable. It was watchable. It was average. Uh, and then you had Apocalypse is your seven. Mm-hmm. Which, again, didn't make the list. Uh, Deadpool was six. Made so it that, much higher. That me, yeah, that made you number three. Doctor Strange was five. So that hit six for about. you. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty close. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane was four. Oh yeah. So that was a little off. Yeah. Uh, your number three, Batman v Superman. Yeah. <laughs> and as you called it, Fantastic Beast was two. Civil War was one. Yep. So, close on a couple. Yeah, not as far off as, as I expected to be. Yeah, I had I had Suicide Squad on mine for number 10. That's not on my list. Assassin's Creed was number 9. That's not on my list. The Did that did that movie suck? It was good. Like it was decent. I don't think it did what we want from video game movies yet. Like it's it's okay. not breaking the mold. Okay. Um, I had Turtles Out of the Shadows at number eight. That didn't make my list. Not again. Not that it's bad. I still kind of like that one. Uh, London has fallen. I put it number seven. That's not on my Ooh. list. <laughs> <laughs> that I, was a popcorn movie. That's worth watching if you don't. Care. I, if you just if you want like a you a, don't need a to watch terrible for two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you just want to see Gerard Butler say fuck a bunch of times and shoot a bunch <laughs> of people in the head, yeah, that's your movie. They, yeah. Um, that, should, that, that should be the title of the next one. <laughs> they already. Well, not to get sidetracked, but the next one's going to be it up right now. Air Force One. Angel has fallen. Yeah. Oh God. Where they're hunting Gerard Butler and not the president. Oh, that's just. So I'm still going to see it. I don't fucking care. Oh, uh, I'm going to see the hell out of it. <laughs> uh, my number six was Doctor Strange. So that was that was close. Uh, my number five was Batman Superman. So that didn't make my list. Uh, number four was Deadpool. It's, it probably warrants number four. I just there was some other stuff that surprised me. My third one was Independence Day. Uh. <laughs> I actually thought I had it at number two, but still, as high up as that is, and that didn't that is my that is my disappointment. I'll say it again. That that movie fucking. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and then I had Rogue One at two because I didn't know what a Star Wars spinoff would look like in Civil War at number one. So they both got up there too. So I. I remember I had like three or four, I think, that were fairly close to where I predicted. 
but that's about as close as I get, I think. Um, do we want to go through real quick? Because I think we're going to lose Andy in a bit. Uh, yeah. Andy, just want to go through your three disappointments and your one surprise? Uh, the, the surprise I already told you, I think, was Zootopia. Yeah, okay. Uh, my three disappointments... Um... Uh, a lot of other movies could, I guess, made this list for varying reasons, but they still had qualities that I enjoyed. Um, number one was Ghostbusters. Ooh. Uh, number two was Secret Life of Pets, because what the fuck? <laughs> 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 uh, and number three was Angry Birds, because also what the fuck? <laughs> you you saw that? Unfortunately, I've seen I Angry saw Birds as well. Actually, yeah. all right, who lost the bet? Well, here's the thing. I took my dad to the movie, and he loves Angry Birds, so I was like, oh, we'll go check it out. It it wasn't very good. No, not at all. <laughs> you wait for them to put them fucking birds in that slingshot, and it happens in, like, the last ten minutes of the movie, and you're like, why, why did I pay? Like three times. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. What? Yeah. And, just you know, what, of... The Secret Life of Pets, The Secret Life of Pets started out really good, and I'm like, this is going to be a pretty good movie, and then all of a sudden... The bottom drops out, and you're like, what in the actual hell is the fuck is going on right now? For most of the movie, I would say like 70% of the movie is, what the fuck? Yeah. I'll agree yeah, with that. I, oh my god, they go into the sewers, and you're just like, what in a- absolute hell is happening right now? Yeah, the, the rabbit and the snake and the crocodile are friends. Like, hey, this is pretty cool, it's kind of funny, you know, like Pixar-y or, or DreamWorks-y, you know, like kind of animated movie. And then you're like, What? <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's some of this. Yeah, the rabbit's yeah, bossing around now. Things about the alligator. Secret Life of Pets. I think I know Romano didn't have anything to say about that one. Good, and I think that was on his list for last it year. It was. Too. I remember it being kind of high on his list, like mid range. Uh, number five. Yeah, he had. Yeah. Uh, he had that above Batman v Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I which I wonder which of the two he would say was a bigger disappointment though. That's true. Yeah, we'll have to get him on to see see where that falls and what his ruling would be. Because, yeah, now, now I'm curious. Or get him to comment on the Facebook page or something afterwards and see if we can get an answer from him. Yeah. So, I promised you guys I was doing something a little bit different that you didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I'm just going to throw this out there while before we lose Andy because he's probably going to have to go right after this. Uh, yep. So... <clears throat> As we were making our lists, I wrote them all down, what everybody's top ten was. I compared against Rotten Tomatoes for critic score and fan score to see which one of us might have the highest critic or fan score. Oh, God. To see if anybody's considered a good critic or a good fan based on the movies that they chose for their top ten. So is this like averaging out all of our top ten picks? Yeah, Yeah, I took the numbers from each ten, averaged them out out of the ten. Okay. So Andy's score... Out of his movies, 64 for critic, 80 for fan. That's actually probably not a... uh, That's a pretty respectable score for critic. Yeah. Uh, Mike's top 10, he's got 71 for critic. Wow. 77 for fan. Josh, you're at 82 and 83. Damn. Wow. I beat you at 85 for both. Oh... I bet you a lot of that was the arrival because neither one of me and Mike had that. Yeah, arrival was ninety four and eighty three. Yeah, that that one probably busted the curve there. Suicide Squad, I think, had you the lowest, Andy. Oh, I'm sure. Twenty six and sixty four. It, it was very close. I 
I almost wrote Suicide Squad as my number three disappointment, but then I remembered how much I fucking hated Angry Birds. So, if you want to be an Angry Bird, watch fucking Angry Birds. Holy fuck. That's what they should put on the poster. See, see, I got to give you homework now, Brian, because I, I want you to redo the math and uh, weight them based on where they rank in the top ten. So give us weighted scores based on where we put them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something I couldn't do on the fly. I was just, <laughs> I'm gonna have to come back to you on that one. Yeah, well, I'll see what I can do. Maybe we'll try to average that out for whenever we post the podcast. I can comment and say where we all rank. <laughs> um. Andy, it's up to you. Do you want to get cut loose, or do you want to hang around for the disappointments and surprises for the rest of us? Um, if you guys don't mind, I mean, I I, I do kind of have to. No, that's fine. Get going on checking. the work. So. All right, so we'll cut um, you loose here. Yeah, I will try to listen to the podcast and comment on. Where could I comment on something like that? Uh, well, that Andy, that's a good thing you asked because you can comment on the Facebook page. <laughs> How do I find the Facebook page? You can either go to Facebook or search for Brian and Super Friends, or directly type in www.facebook.com slash Friends. This is on the internet. That That is the interwebs, yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's Bri with an I, right? You son of a bitch, it's with a Y. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cool B-R-Y-G-U-Y. way to spell it. B-R-Y-G-U-Y. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. He spells his name with a Y. It's so sexy. It's so hot. <laughs> True story. I've been told that before. Yes. Yes, I remember this. <laughs> uh, all right. So on that note, I think that's where we'll cut Andy loose. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks. It was it was a lot of fun, guys. Um, thanks for making uh, a looking list. Forward to next. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You motherfucker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks again. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Looking forward to the next time we talk. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right, I think, you know, just over the course of our discussion, we probably covered our disappointments and surprises, but if we just want to run through them just to close this off. Uh, uh, We've actually covered neither of mine. Yeah, okay. So. Good, because you're going to be next. Okay. Well, I'll say, let let me go first, because most of mine have been touched on, and I can get through them real quick. Okay, that works. All right, so my surprise was Hacksaw Ridge. My disappointments were Batman v Superman, Ten Cloverfield Lane, and God Almighty, yes, um, Independence Day. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe I'll just no. rattle mine off quick, too. Or do you have something to add, Josh? Well, I was going to add one uh, uh, honorable mention, because um, I do like to throw a horror movie out if I can. Um, I didn't think Lights Out was that bad, but I would actually recommend Don't Breathe. Yes. As my horror movie for the year, it was like my, it, that was like my ten and a half that <laughs> I, that I kicked off. Um, but yeah, don't, don't breathe. It was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, Mike, let me go through mine real quick because I know I touched on mine. Do it. Uh, my disappointments, uh, third one, uh, Batman v Superman. Again, just because it didn't live up to expectations. We talked about that earlier. Uh, two X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, I can't even talk. X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, mostly for the same reasons as Batman v Superman, and number one, of course, Independence Day, because I had so much hype around that movie, and that one just fell fucking flat for me. Uh, and as I mentioned before, my surprise is Arrival. So, there's mine. Alright. So we'll finish it off with Mike, what do you got? Well, my disappointments, uh, 
Number one and two follow in line. Batman vs. Superman, Independence Day. Um, my <laughs> third disappointment was a movie called The Forest. Um, oh. oh, yeah, okay. That movie looked incredible from the trailers for a horror movie, and it was just about one of the worst I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I, I do not recommend you watch this. Don't waste your time. Um, hmm. Good right. to know. It, it it really did look good from the trailers. It was just such an awesome idea. The forest in Japan where people go to commit suicide. and Like, think of all the evil that could be there. And then it's just like falls flat on its face and it's not good um <laughs> surprises i'm actually gonna list two because we didn't talk about either one um okay the first surprise if i had to name just one would be the boy um also mm, a horror movie right. um i expected and the reason i put it as a surprise it's not because i am that much behind this movie but i thoroughly mm-hmm. expected that movie to suck ass um <laughs> and it actually was half decent uh, okay, I'll give you that. Uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it has a great twist at the end of it that you don't see coming. Um, at least a little you don't see coming, but it's a twist that mm-hmm. makes sense to go with. Um, Lauren Cohan actually does extremely well uh, in that role. Um, she carries the movie by herself, essentially, and she's yeah. able to do it. Um, enjoyed that. My other surprise was The Shallows. Um, really? I never saw that. Uh, do you know what it is? Did you see the previews yeah. and everything? That's um, the Blake Lively one, right? It's, with the shark? Yes. Yeah, the shark movie. Um, to those who have not seen this movie, do watch it. It is an hour and 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so of just absolute awesome suspense. And the animations, the everything they do for The Shark is incredible. Um, it is incredible. It's not a real shark, but it is incredibly realistic. If we could go back in time, insert the, the shark they use for this movie into Jaws, all of a sudden Jaws becomes scary as shit again. Um, (laughs) and once again, this is somebody that I actually genuinely do not have a lot of respect for as an actress and Blake Lively. I am not, I've never been thrilled with her work before. You don't watch Pretty Little Liars or whatever show she was in, Gossip Girl? Well, one of those CW shows. (laughs) She was also in Green Lantern, and she was in a couple other things I've seen as, you know, not a main character, but she was there. Uh, Yeah. But I I genuinely don't respect her as an actor, and she carried this movie by herself and was able to do a pretty damn good job of it for the most part. She still doesn't, she's still not 100% believable, but. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it, it's also a movie that I looked at, and I, I did not expect a lot from it, and yeah. it it was actually fairly gripping for what it was. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen either either of those. And I listed a third surprise um, that we did discuss was Ghostbusters. I actually thought that was pretty good. I you know I expected to put that on my like fucking disappointment list because I thought it was going to be shit and I think because I went into it with such low expectations and it was not sh- complete shit yeah. I was like well okay it's it's alright yeah I, it's watchable I still find a lot to complain about but it was because it wasn't the big steaming pile of shit that I expected it to be I have to give it that yeah I think that's why it makes the surprise list and I think that helped me like it more is expecting less out of it yeah 
So yeah, definitely. Um, Josh, had you seen uh, the Shallows or what was the other one you said? The Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see the Shallows. Um, I will say the uh, movie theater that I work at now. They said that when they were carrying it over the summer, they were surprised at how long they kept it because. Like, the movie wasn't selling out, but it was selling well enough that, like, they kept it week after week. Oh, okay. Um, like, way long. Like, you you look at that, and, like, yeah, from the previews and from the premise, you're like, that is not going to be that enjoyable. But they kept it a lot longer than they anticipated, like, probably two or three extra weeks. Because people just kept coming to see it, so I guess it was enjoyable enough. Uh, I did see The Boy, uh, and I think the way that Mike described it was kind of spot on for, yeah, I, 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 you'd have to call it a horror movie. It was, again, it's like in this PG-13 world where they're not going to make, like, a big slasher-type horror movie. Like, they make these PG-13 movies so that they can hit a lot of the teenage market and get them in. Um, and that limits them a lot, I think, in how well, and I hate to say it, it's a horror movie. It's by definition, the premise, it's gotta be adult in nature. It has to appeal to the mature mind because it's supposed to scare you and unsettle you and sometimes be gross and violent and, and those types of things. That's the genre. So they have more of a challenge when they make a PG-13 scary movie. And if they do it well, um, that they, you know, they can sometimes come out the better for it. Uh, and so, yeah, I think he kind of hit the mark at why the boy ended up being better than you think it would be. All right. <clears throat> Fair enough. Yeah, I don't, you guys know, I don't, I'm not really into the horror, so I can't, I can't chime in on either of those, really. <laughs> yeah, I think you could get through both of those. Neither one really has much gore going on. You know, no. like it, the, the shallows, yeah, there's shark attacks, but it's... It's not even that being said, like since it's not really my genre, it's not like I go out of my way to watch that stuff, especially alone. Like if I'm if I'm gonna put something <laughs> on that I want to enjoy, it's not gonna be one of those. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. So I think that's where we'll leave it. Just to I'm just gonna run through everybody's list just one more time, just so we're all sometimes you can't keep track if you do them all one at a time like that. So I'm gonna go through ten to one for everybody. So for Andy he had Suicide Squad, Finding Dory, X-Men Apocalypse, Civil War, Batman v Superman, Warcraft, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts, Rogue One. Mike, for his 10, had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, 10 Cloverfield Lane, X-Men Apocalypse, Now You See Me 2, Star Trek Beyond, Doctor Strange, Civil War, Fantastic Beasts, Deadpool, and Rogue One. Uh, Josh's 10... 10 Cloverfield Lane, Sausage Party, The Accountant, Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Arrival, Civil War, Deadpool, Hacksaw Ridge, and Fantastic Beasts. My number 10, Magnificent Seven, Fantastic Beasts, Doctor Strange, Zootopia, Deadpool, Star Trek Beyond, Civil War, The Nice Guys, Rogue One, and Arrival. So I think... If anything, you should definitely be seeing Civil War, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts, Rogue One, Deadpool... All these ones made everybody's list, so I think that's a solid bet. If you're going to start somewhere, those are probably the ones to start with. After that, feel free to branch out. Start with everybody's one and work your way down. There you those go. Those are the ones we enjoy the most. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's where we'll leave it. We've now concluded our top favorites of 2016. We'll be looking forward to do this for 2017 and see how wrong our lists were. As Since Josh and I each only had about three or four that were pretty on par with where we predicted. And I guess it's better that yeah. way. We still get the surprises. Yeah, and I, I guess I had two that were on my list, Batman and Cloverfield Lane, that ended up being on my disappointments. And I, I, I'm looking forward to the surprises, the things that I don't even, that aren't even on my radar that are going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, because Arrival, especially, like, came out of nowhere. There wasn't a trailer or anything prior to 2016 that we could even look at. It came up in the middle of the year and then was out later on. And, yeah, that just it hit pretty well. Yeah, I, I actually might watch that tonight with the glowing recommendations. There you go. So well, Yeah, and then watch you come back and be like, that was shit. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You got me all hyped up for this thing, and it was crap. <laughs> well, you did talk it up a lot, so who knows? I know. <laughs> That's, that's the that's the risk we take here. Uh, all right, so if you enjoyed the episode and the show, please stop by iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show as well. Keep up with us and all the stuff we're doing. Uh, as mentioned before, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can comment on the show there. Uh, once we post it, you can comment even your top ten. Let us know where, where your ten rank. Give us some of your disappointments, maybe your surprise as well. We'll compare lists and see how we do. Uh, so you can search for Bry Guys Super Friends on Facebook or go to www.facebook.com slash Friends. And I think that's it for this one. We may or may not be here next week. I'm, I have a feeling that this one went pretty long and that we're not going to be able to upload another episode the last week of January. So there's a good chance we're going to take a week off and you'll find us again first week of February. So until then, and on behalf of Andy... Josh, Mike, and myself. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time.